one indescribable podcast. They'll share their points of view. And in this one, Josh is too busy to make much time for Beck, so she hires a small child so she can learn ping pong while she should be writing Paula's reference letter and Greg punches a wall onto your favorite podcast where we bring all of our takes for you Yes, that is right. We are here. We are back going through season two. I don't think I'm going to say barreling ahead yet for at least a few more episodes, but we're going to get to the point where I'm going to like start saying that, uh, you know, in preparation for Tommy to come back on the podcast. But here we are uh, in season two. Last week, we talked about the first episode of the second season. Super excited to be here to talk through the second of Crazy Apes Girlfriend. Of course, I am Adam H with you as always and with me my two trusty companions, Todd, Todd the librarian. How are you? I'm doing really well, Adam. I actually got to go and see some live theater this last weekend. Got to go see Dear Evan Hansen down in Fort Worth, and it was great. And so I'm still kind of flying high off of being able to see some live theater again. So that's amazing, Todd. Yeah, I, I didn't love the movie. I was like not in love with it. There's like obviously like some problematic stuff going on, but like the soundtrack music is like really good. Uh, so I'm like curious a little bit more. I want to hear you talk a little bit more about like how it was going to see live theater. Uh, I'm like always pushing live theater all the time. So uh, it's so good for you to see that uh, with us as well. Uh, Lindy, TV Lindy, how are you? I'm great. Happy to be here, but just wishing I had a dinosaur donut with me. That just sounds delicious. Do you like the shape? Do you think this is the shape? Is not, it's kind of like a complicated shape for a donut, no? Like, I how guess. Do you, do you have to like. Pour I didn't say I was gonna the... make it. <laughs> okay, maybe we should. We should like we. Oh, we should have made dinosaur donuts. That should we make donuts cool. someday? Oh my gosh, I'm oh. in. We're actually getting to Adam's kitchen corner this <laughs> early. Yes, yes. Uh, we are. I don't think it can ever like get into it quite too early. Um, <laughs> but we're not alone today. It's not just the two of us. We have a very special guest here. The two of us. <laughs> not just the two of us. The two of us. Uh, are you, it's you two, right? You two are the us. That's yeah. the numbers are sometimes hard, Todd. It's uh, it's it's very late. Uh, I say as we record this at our normal time. Um, <laughs> we're not alone here today. We have a very special guest joining us. Is Martha? Martha, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I've dreamed of being on a Crazy Ex Girlfriend podcast um, for years, so I'm hoping just that this dream won't uh, poop in my face. So excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, pretty catastrophic. <laughs> That's going to happen. As uh, with a number of other things from that song. But yeah, we're so excited to have you. Uh, do you just want to like tell everyone a little bit about yourself, kind of what you're up to, where you're at? 
Sure. So um, I'm known, I guess, most for my podcast, The Real Weird Sisters, um, which I do with my real weird sister, Alice. Um, it is a Harry Potter podcast. Um, we've been doing it for almost six years now. Um, we got started out by doing a book club where we were going through the series chapter by chapter, but that took us 200 episodes. Um, so four, four years, and now we're doing character studies and then the periodic um, take five, which we do with um, the great Shut Up Tim, who um, is kind of my like podcast uh, advocate. He gets me onto other podcasts so I think he's the reason that I'm on this show tonight so um, <laughs> excited to, to be here and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is one of my all-time favorite shows um, I've been a fan since um, I think like 2017 um, I started it before season four start came out and I binged it all like in a few weeks and I've rewatched it multiple times it's one of my favorite shows so very excited to be talking about this episode tonight that Amazing. is exactly when I got into the show, right after the third season, I watched it all and then watched the fourth season live. So That's exactly what I did. So great to be with a kindred spirit here. So Martha, I'm curious, like what hooked you into the show? What about it like uh, kind of gets you in and keeps you there? Well, okay. So the first, first like story has to do with Shut Up Tim, who uh, thought that I would like the show because he wanted to burn me with the the gif of I have friends. I definitely have friends, and he was like, "This has the show has such Martha energy," and that was like his big joke was like, "You are just like Rebecca." And I, it was not a great joke to be compared to her, um, but he had kind of convinced me to watch it, um, and it was all on Netflix, um, so it was an easy binge. Um, but I was really connected to it from the start. Just the the musical element of it. She um, just does such a great job writing um, so many creative songs. I'm a big musical fan. Um, and I just think that the level of like wit to the show is kind of unmatched in a lot of other shows. It kind of has a, a different or kind of a different like medley of heart and wittiness and just like so many like serious topics that get delved into as well. Um, so I've stuck with it um, because of just like the the blend of things that it covers and the characters are so great and there's so much growth in the show and again it's just a show that it's really meant a lot to me um through the years so um yeah there's a there's a lot of things I love about it but um that's kind of <laughs> some of the reasons I love it amazing and then any particular reason uh for this episode in specific um, well, when I was uh, messaging Lindy about uh, episodes I would want to cover, I was like, well, I am a big Santino Fontana fan. Um, when I watched um, for the first time, like back in 2017 or 2018, whenever it was, um, I my friends who know, knew me at the time will will like vouch that I had like a huge breakdown when Greg left the show or when Santino <laughs> left the show. Uh, I didn't know that it was going to happen. Um, and I thought that it was just like a temporary thing that was gonna happen and then I just like I was so upset for days I like went into this like depression about him being gone and I was like I just hope that Greg is okay and it wasn't really like Santino so much it was the character of Greg that I had this like deep connection to for whatever reason so um when Lindy messaged me about being on the show I was like as long as it's a Greg episode I'm happy to, to talk about it so I think that's why we landed on season two episode two for me Amazing. This definitely has, I think, probably either my my favorite or my second favorite Greg song, and Greg is easily one of my favorite characters. So, and I think we're all like sort of in agreement on that. We love Greg, uh, oh so much. That being said, I think it's time we just hop into the episode. Everyone ready to like get this get this going? Definitely. All right, Lindy, take it away. All right. So, season two, episode two. Uh, this is called "When Will Josh See How Cool I Am." All right. In this episode, it starts off with Greg. He's at AA again. Um, he's talking about how 
you know, he felt bulletproof after he took his first drink and alcohol became his shield. And he always thought that worked for him until he says 27 days ago. And that's when the wedding happened and his arrest. Um, And so after the meeting, he's talking to Guardrail, which is uh, his sponsor's nickname. And, you know, he's saying things are going okay with him. Like he feels he feels great. And Guardrail saying, you know, he felt euphoric when he first got sober, but it's a phase, you know, it's not, you're not going to feel that way all the time. But, you know, Greg, that's not really sinking in for Greg. He says he's doing great and he's going to bring the donuts next time. Like he's got this. What could possibly stop me? (laughs) Famous last words. Uh, If you're bringing donuts to like a group event, what's your like go-to assortment? What's like the proper ratio of types of donuts? Does anyone have any takes here? Just me? I mean, you got to get all the like the, you know, the the frosting and the fillings. Like you can't get a bunch of plain ones. No one wants to. You go for like the filled donuts? Yeah. Filled, you know, topped with icing, sprinkles. My take is you can't have just one type of each type, though. Like, I'm a teacher, and so every, t- every time they bring donuts to the teacher's lounge and there's just, like, one type of each one, somebody's going to be mad because they're like, oh, you mm-hmm. took the blueberry or you took the Boston cream or whatever. So I have, like, just kind of more basic, like, four or five kinds, and you have, like, four or five of each type. Um, so kind of, I don't, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want to do too many fancy types because I know somebody's going to be a little bit, like, hurt that they didn't get that one. Yeah, and of course me being me like i i'm just all about glazed donuts the plain donuts so <laughs> i'm i'm fine just bringing you can't like go wrong yeah you know, lots of crispy creams and that that's it you know they that way no one gets upset because someone got the special donut and someone mm-hmm. else didn't because they're all getting the same plain thing and glazed donuts are still good so there we go sorry I, Lindy, glazed are good. I don't know if i would think of those as plain i they've got the glaze that makes it not plain what is a Wait, what's a plain donut? Then? Like a well, cake I don't donut. Know. Yeah, like the, really the old fashioned donut. donut. That's yeah. That's I, the best kind of donut. I love no. the old fashioned. Oh, it the is. Cake <laughs> kinds? Like They're the... okay. Like a crawler, or just the. Well, I think crawlers are like open in the middle, yeah, right? True. We're like really getting into donut talk here, but like <laughs> the cake donut, the ones that's like have some 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 dough <laughs> in them. That's like the way to go, I think. Like the glazed cake donut. Yeah, hmm. that's where I would lean. Well, you just said a glazed cake donut. So is it a yeah. cake donut or a glazed cake donut? It, well, it's both. It's both. Yeah, that's the. this is where it gets tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's talking about the yeast donuts. I think yeah. the point is donuts are good. I mean, yes. we can all agree on that. <laughs> as long as Definitely. you bring up enough of them, that's the key. That's true. <laughs> so right after Greg says, you know, what could stop me? We cut right to Rebecca. <laughs> She's at her place. She's cooking dinner and... You know, Josh walks in. He's just getting back from karate, um, and she made him this meal. But turns out he's not hungry because he just had a sushi burrito. Yeah, I remember when sushi burritos were a big thing. Um, I've never had one, um, but I remember when it was kind of like everybody. It was kind of like the Rainbow Bagel era, where everybody was posting pictures of rainbow bagels. Um, which yeah, I'm looking at your faces, and it doesn't seem like this is a common shared memory. But it, for me, it is. I remember the rainbow bagels. I didn't know anything about sushi burritos, but I did Google it and things came up. So I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like Josh, this isn't Josh's thing. It's just a thing. This is just, this is just big sushi. Yeah, it's just sushi that's not big. This isn't even sushi. It isn't even like a burrito. (laughs) 
It's just like it's someone made sushi and then decided they were going to do less work in the process and just give it to you whole. Okay, I came on here like I had no idea what a sushi burrito was, and this is <laughs> this is very disappointing. It was an Instagram food trend for a couple years in like 2016 or whenever this show, whenever this season episode or this episode aired. Um, so I, I kind of feels like one of those jokes of the show that's a little bit dated now. Where I think when it came out, everybody was like, "Oh, sushi burritos!" Of course, Josh is eating a sushi burrito. Um, but you know, now five or six years later, it's like, what was that again? <laughs> So I could swear that in season one, Josh took Taekwondo. I swear that they literally said Taekwondo. And now, and I could see Rebecca like referring to it as karate because she doesn't understand, but Josh like doesn't correct her and Josh just goes along with it. So either Josh is playing nice and not correcting Rebecca, which I don't really see Josh doing, or Josh has switched his uh, martial arts discipline and he just can't commit to anything. Uh, I think that's probably a little bit more likely. And as someone who has like taken like diff several different martial arts, like I can't, speak too much so i did a little bit of karate we got to send it to lindy dude, the, judo, but, uh, the yeah. master of, of of taekwondo my assumption here is that they just used the phrases interchangeably and just figured like taekwondo and karate are the same thing even though they're not but that i i don't think it's the characters i i think maybe it's just the show using using them interchangeably more than likely yeah, it might be like a thing where we they could have used a continuity error, our editor, but I think that uh, the CW budget for, for the show at the time really wasn't such that they were paying for continuity editors. And they, well, they used a lot of their production budget in the previous episode, Martha. Yeah. I don't know if you rewatched that one as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I was referencing. It took yeah. a lot into there. All right. So, you know, Rebecca plays it off. This is what she always does. You know, when something goes wrong, she just you know tries to go with it and hide her disappointments she's like oh that's okay you know and then josh says that's what i love about you <laughs> and her response is you love me <laughs> it's it's very sad i i think that this era of, of rebecca and I, I love that the theme song plays with this in season two um it's probably like one of the hardest parts for me to watch of like like uh eras for rebecca for me to watch because she's so like blinded by her love for josh or whatever it is for josh um and I, I really cringe a lot in these these moments with rebecca where it's like i i want i want her to be happy so much because i really do love rebecca uh, even though she can be you know somebody to root against at times too and i do but i do root for her most of the time and this is just like a time in the show where i'm just like oh rebecca and everything she does um so my heart does break a little bit anytime there's an awkward moment like this between her and josh there's even a moment later in this very same scene that's the, that's similar. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But but Josh is saying, you know, we're independent. You know, that's what's great. But Rebecca is thinking the opposite. Like, she's trying to find time to spend together. He's been so busy lately. And, you know, his upcoming schedule's busy. He's planning to hang out with the guys on Friday. But Rebecca wants to join. But I don't think Josh uh, thinks she would really be interested because apparently they're going to the paddle, which is a new ping pong cocktaileria. I'm obsessed. Is that a word? <laughs> I'm obsessed, Lindy. This sounds like the most amazing place ever. I would love. It this. does sound fun. I would this totally like go. I would totally go. Yeah. Yes, uh, Adam, you're a big ping pong guy. I, I believe you've mentioned. I am. Yeah, this is like really deep nerd Adam lore here. But like back in uh, high school and college, I like played ping pong professionally 
uh, in Indiana. I was like in some ping pong tournaments. I've like won money playing ping pong. I have like a, a very nice ping pong racket. I, you know, I've like done the whole thing. Uh, I love the idea of a ping pong cocktail area. Like I can go like have some drinks with some friends and we could just like play ping pong. That sounds amazing. That sounds like so much fun. I hope the quiz awesome. today is about ping pong. I really hope it is. I know it's not going to be because Todd knows the fact that I like no ping yeah, pong. But <laughs> exactly. If, if I hadn't known, if you hadn't like dropped before that you were a like a professional ping ponger, it may have been a ping pong quiz. But yeah. I knew that going in, so I stayed, stared far, far away from <sighs> ping pong. I should have done what Lindy did about the taekwondo and just kept it, uh, kept it, you know, uh, uh, underneath the belt. But okay, all right. I didn't know I that there they made like different types of ping pong rackets um that there were like degrees of, of niceness oh, to the rackets so. Martha, it's a whole thing there's like there's two sides of it it's like I'm which learning side so is going to be more spinny you can have like a dead side i could go a lot into ping pong that's not what people are here to listen to but i could like i could swing it no i've I heard that the real <laughs> i've heard that the real ping pong aficionados call it table tennis though because when i was in eighth grade gym um we had a ping pong unit and my gym teacher was like we can't call it ping pong it is table tennis so <laughs> yeah i mean you know there's a lot of snooty uh table tennis players i guess <laughs> really I one of the, really one of the problems with our gym. sport but uh... i don't think so we played handball in eighth grade gym well, that's, we, I, we didn't get to do that. We had the, the the table tennis unit was probably my strongest unit in eighth grade gym. Not that that means anything, but um, we it was pretty fun because we had like the whole gym was just decked out in all these table tennis tables. Um, and yeah, I did learn the rules. Uh, I don't remember them now, but it was fun. Well, I'm sure Adam will be able to provide his expertise throughout this episode because it is relevant. I mean, if there's anything you want to, you know, tell us about ping pong, I'd love to hear it. Rachel um, Bloom has like never played ping pong in her life. That's like the only thing I can say based on the rest of this. That's episode. apparent. Uh, I mean, but I think that's clear to everyone involved. So that's kind of the point. That's not insider information. Um, but yes, when Josh talks about this, Rebecca immediately says, "Shut up! I was a teenage ping pong champion, much like Adam just did, except Adam was telling the truth." <laughs> We or think. was I, Lindy? Was this just a ploy actually, to spend yeah. more time with I don't you? Know, I don't know because <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I don't actually know that he's telling the truth. But I feel like he is. He said it just as naturally as she did. So, yeah. <laughs> admittedly, like in Rebecca's defense, or I guess in like Josh's defense for believing her, it's a weird thing to make up. Like, there's really it's you true. don't gain a lot of clout by like, yeah, I used to play t ping pong. <laughs> there's like nothing there. <laughs> Yeah, and she was very specific about the name of the championship that she won. She spat that out really quickly and really confidently. And amazingly, Josh repeated it all back to her precisely, which I'm like, well done, Josh. I, uh, you were listening and took it in and regurgitated it. That was very nice. But yeah, I think the specificity of the title definitely helped sell the lie. Because again, like you said, it was a weird lie and she's very specific with it, so... Yeah, this is one of those things that watching back, like, you really, like, notice the things that Rebecca's very good at. Um, Like, that's not a good thing to be good at, but, like, she can lie so quickly and naturally. Um, And I, I feel like when you watch it, like, back, you're, like, really picking up on it more because um, it's kind of played for laughs, I think. But at the same time, you kind of realize, like, oh, this is a, like, pretty, like, thing, a pretty serious thing that she's able to just do so naturally. 
And then we get that second, like, awkward, desperate Rebecca moment in this scene where Josh says, like, how did I not know that? And Rebecca says, there's a lot you don't know about me. Maybe we should live together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's also cringy. Yeah, and then Josh walks away and Rebecca's face is like, oh no, like, I just told him I'm a ping pong champion. Now I have to follow through with it. (sighs) Oh, Rebecca. Um, so then it actually goes to the theme song, which we don't usually talk about every episode, but since uh, season two's theme song just started last week, I just wanted to get your thoughts, Martha, about like this theme song compared to like season one. Yeah, my so my ranking of the theme songs, I, I think that the first theme song is still my favorite. Um, this one, like I love it as a song, um, and I think the like execution of the like the way it's played in the title card is like really fun too. I just sometimes I, I feel like this one doesn't quite cover the whole season the way that I think season one's does um and it kind of covers like I said these first few episodes of season two but it doesn't like um feel like it's the theme for the whole season two um so I don't that part like doesn't that kind of loses some points for me but I do like the song I think it's it's very fun and very like you know self-deprecating as well as self-aware like which is a fun combo that the show always is, is really good at nailing yeah, I think we all really like this one. This personally is my favorite theme song, the second one, but one is a close, is up there. It's like really close. And I think Adam and Todd said the first one they liked better than than this one. All right. So then we get Paula. She's walking into the office and she walks by. Uh, the It's Jim and Tim again. I don't think we've seen them in a while. And Daryl's there. And she's just like, hello, men. <laughs> and um, Daryl says he's going to find find out what's up with her because you know he's her best friend <laughs> which no one believes except daryl um and then paula walks into rebecca's office and rebecca is looking at pictures of ping pong players she's doing some research but she can't tell paula what she's doing because it would violate their friendship contract that they just signed in the last episode um but she says basically i have to learn how to be a co- competition level ping pong player in a day <laughs> and it's like if you didn't know the backstory like you would think, how did she get in this situation? Just normal, normal things to be needing to do in one day. <laughs> like, even if you do know the backstory, it's still a little bit questionable. It's almost more questionable. Yeah. If you know it. I love Paula's, yeah. like, just like okay, and then just you know moves on. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely not even the close to the weirdest thing that Rebecca has done for Josh. So a uh, Paula just like, oh yeah, oh gonna be competitive ping pong player naturally. Let's just move on. <laughs> Uh, So then Paula tells Rebecca that she's applying to law school. And I love this moment because they're both so excited and just celebrating and like jumping up and down with each other. And then they start like chanting stuff, but they can't like (laughs) settle on the same word. (laughs) Yeah, I love Rebecca Rebecca and Paula's friendship. Um, Although, I mean, obviously it has a lot of like ups and downs to it, but there's moments like this really do like remind me that they have a very good friendship. Um, And and this is so cute with the like, what are we chanting? Like just, it does, uh, it's a nice reminder that, you know, Rebecca's not always like totally using Paula. (laughs) She does love her too. It is a great moment, but it kind of goes downhill in this episode because Paula asked Rebecca to write her a letter of recommendation for law school, which, and she needs it by Friday. And it's, it seems like it's probably like Monday or something. I I don't know exactly, but it's like the beginning of the week and she needs it by Friday. And you would think like, this is such a, like, this makes so much sense for Rebecca, an established successful lawyer to write this recommendation for Paula. 
and she's really excited about it. like she's gonna do it and she promises like i'll do it tonight like <laughs> right away um and paula is just so excited she says you know my dreams might actually come true and then we get the first song of this episode maybe this dream so adam what are your thoughts on this song oh my god it's just so good like Martha was saying it was just like the wittiness of this show of just like being able to weave these things into like this beautiful like Disney princess song that you know uh, Paul is like all dressed up they've got the beautiful scenery going and then she's just like maybe this dream won't poop on my face like a seagull at the beach and it's just like come on it's so good this is like one of the best songs of the whole show it's just like it's so incredible. It's really well written, which I think is like what you can say about almost every song in the show. Um, I will say it's never been one of my favorites. I'm glad that to hear somebody who really appreciates it um, because, yeah, when I when I got into this episode, I was like, oh, this is the episode that and I, honestly, I, I hate to say it to you, Adam, but I have when I rewatched this episode, I've skipped this song. I didn't skip it for this rewatch, but I think it just is like I forgot how the lyrics really are so funny to it. And I just hear the like start of it. And I'm like, oh, this is just like just a fun like it doesn't like appeal to me as much as some of the other songs but I was glad I finally watched it again and I hadn't I didn't skip it this time because I did appreciate the lyrics a lot more this time and Donald and Chandler can sing of course yes love that voice yeah I want to talk a little bit about that part of it because a uh she, this is like a much much higher register than she usually sings it on the show Uh, she is a classically trained soprano and there's an interview with her when this episode first came out. I remember reading it at the time because uh, I was someone who was watching the show as it aired. I remember it, the, an interview with her on TV line coming out like right beforehand. I looked it up uh, whenever I was rewatching and she talked about how, you know, she's always, people are always surprised because, you know, girls who look like me are, they're usually belters, but I'm a soprano in an alto, alto's body. And, but even beyond like light, loving the fact that the song was like written for what she's trained to do, she was also filled with emotion over finally to get a print, get to be a princess in a song like she dreamed of as a girl. Because again, girls who look like her don't typically get cast in the princess role, unfortunately. And so she said, like, through the whole thing, like, there she went to recording the orchestra, she started crying. When she went to her costume fitting, she started crying. When they started filming, she started crying. Like, this big emotional catharsis through the whole process of recording, performing this song, and just like all of her childhood dreams coming true. And she finally got to be the princess, which I, it's always like giving the song a little bit like a special place in my heart. Again, it's not one of my all time favorites. I, uh, I wouldn't rank it up as like my favorites of the series, but it's still. Like it's a really good song. She's wonderful with it. It's really funny and witty. Uh, I think uh, to Martha's point is again one that I don't necessarily get, you know, drawn towards listening to outside of just watching the episode. But I really appreciate it for what it is. I really like this song as well. I think I'm not, you know, as into it as Adam, but I have found myself listening to this like um, over time and. Uh, something I forgot about until I watched the episode again was like Tim and Jim showing up in the middle as like these funny birds and like doodle doodle dee. Like when I was listening to the song itself, I forgot that that's who was making those bird sounds. With those ridiculous costumes on at the same <laughs> so time, so funny, amazing. <laughs> I will say, hearing that story from Todd does make me like the show or like the song more. Um, that is <laughs> definitely a heartwarming story. So okay, it's moving up in the rankings for me. <laughs> All right, so then we see Daryl. He gives Paula a recommendation letter that he wrote for her. 
and Paula like doesn't want it. She's like, you know, Rebecca's doing it because we're besties. <laughs> and Daryl's obviously upset by that because he always says like we're best friends. I guess she's your bestie or whatever. But <laughs> um, and he tries to give it to her, and he's like, you know, if you need a second one, consider done. And she like gives it back, and um, he says, oh, that, you know, that's okay. I'll just uh, give it a polish. Just, just take the letter, Paula. <laughs> just that you don't have to submit it. Right. Just be a nice person, and Daryl's trying to do something nice for you. And just take the letter, and even if you just like throw it on your desk and never think about it again, like just, just take. You don't have to be rude to him to his face. I mean, she, come on. This is such a classic Daryl Paula thing. Like, especially at this point in the show, where I'm like Paula can be really mean, especially to Daryl, and it's like that's just such a sad moment because Daryl's like loves Paula so much, and I'm sure. I mean. Like not to spoil what happens in the later later part of the episode, but uh, I'm sure he wrote a really nice letter for her, even if it's not perfect. So again, yeah, take the letter, Paul. You don't have to even like. It's just like even if it's, even if you're not gonna eat like a cookie that somebody gives you, just like thank them for it and then throw it away later when they don't see you. Like that's yeah. just common courtesy. Even if you're not gonna eat the dinosaur donut, just take the donut. <laughs> um, well, definitely take the dinosaur. Don't take the dinosaur donut <laughs> if you're not gonna eat it. <laughs> that's true. Uh, not for nothing, this was, like, unprompted by Daryl. I actually think this was, like, so sweet for Daryl to, like, be, you know, be doing this and, like, giving her the letter. Like, good on Daryl. I love Daryl. I will like, always find reasons friend. to, to guide Daryl. But... Okay, he's an amazing he's friend. so supportive. You know, he'll he'll go to your beach trip and bring bean dip that he well, made. <laughs> I loved that moment. <laughs> okay, let's, all right. <laughs> Adam's like, well, let's move on. I <laughs> Oh, there's other things. <laughs> That's sorry. the first thing I thought of. I'm sorry. I always think of the bean dip. I, I agree <laughs> with you, Wendy. Oh, Thank you. No. Not that I'd want to eat it, but it is a like good symbol okay. of Daryl's right. like warmth and kindness. As long as we can all agree, except for Lindy, <laughs> that we probably shouldn't be eating the the bean dip on the bus. I would eat it, but anyway, <laughs> we talked about that. Go back and listen to that beach trip episode if anyone listening has not, because we talked all about the bean dip. Um, so then this little kid walks into the office and he talks to Daryl and says he's like a table tennis champion. And he's like, I think later he says he's at 11. He's like a small child just walks in by himself and Rebecca pops out and she's like, he's with me. Everyone's like, oh, um, of course, that makes sense. I mean, who else would invite him here? And then we see the little kid like talking to Rebecca. Um, you know, he's there to give her a table tennis lesson, but we see him telling her that, you know, if it's meant to be, you don't need to manufacture some fake enthusiasm for Josh's <laughs> hobby. I was dead when they cut to that. It was oh man, that's so funny. I love this kid. I like the love this whole sequence. It's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, Shao so, is hilarious. Um, yeah. I do think it's one of those moments and Rebecca's like, that's not what I'm paying you for. <laughs> so funny. So the actor's name is Albert Tsai, and whenever he walked on on the episode at the time, watching it live the first time, I went, Bert! Because he played the character named Bert on this short-lived uh, sitcom called Trophy Wife. And he's one of the best things about the show. And the show was great. I, mean, I love the show. It's Malin Ackerman, Bradley Whitford. It was a hilarious show that was like, I think the title kind of doomed it compared to what the show actually was, kind of the Cooker Town type situation where like it needed a better title. But uh, he was hilarious as like the this one of the kids on that, and he was hilarious in this. But I was so excited never Bert showed up on 
CXG back in the day. Yeah, okay, Todd, Trophy Wife is on Hulu now. I don't know if it was like recently added, but I just saw it there recently and I watched the first episode the other day and I was like, wait, is that the same kid? <laughs> yep, that's the same kid. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch more episodes of that, but I just watched You the both first know the show. Am I the only one that has I've no never, idea I've never, what never heard about? of it? I was gonna say I would probably lump Crazy Ex Girlfriend in with the shows that kind of were cursed by their title a little bit because oh, yeah. it's kind of yeah, a similar similar story there with that but oh, no yeah. i haven't heard of it i'll have to check it out yeah it was it was on like three or four years before cxg aired so it was like it was like an abc sitcom again it only lasted one season it had like one of those like critics liked it but it didn't really get any traction mm -hmm. i liked it a lot but anyway so i was excited to see Bert show up as Zhao. And um, Rebecca's trying to figure out how to hold the ping pong paddle she wants to you know hold it in a sexy way <laughs> <laughs> she's sexy ping pong got child. it yeah, that reaction is so good it's just like yeah all right sexy ping pong okay yeah got it done <laughs> so <laughs> we'll come back to the ping pong later but uh we see greg yeah he's at home base um and kevin his boss is telling him he's proud of him you know you inspired me to quit kettle chips <laughs> I think Kevin is like one of the most realistic minor characters of the whole show. I feel like I know multiple Kevins and it's like he's he means so well, but I, it's like the way Heather reacts to him is always so perfect because he's just like somebody that I really wouldn't want to ever have to like interact with too much. Um, and like this scene is just so like quintessential Kevin where it's just like, oh, come on, like you're just not really doing what you think you're doing here. Like he took beer battered shrimp off the menu oh. because Craig's an alcoholic. Yeah, you didn't need to do that, Kevin. Like, and it, this place serves alcohol. It's like, a bar. How, right. like, yeah. Like, it's a bar. Um, and then Heather walks in and says, you know, she's happy for him, figuring this out. And, you know, Greg just wants them to, you know, treat him normally, not be so weird, obviously. And so Kevin just announces that to the whole bar. <laughs> exactly Kevin, what Greg was saying. So much. <laughs> just doing the right thing every time, Kevin. What you're known for. Yeah. And uh, then uh, White Josh, Josh, and Hector walk in. Uh, Greg has invited them all there. And Josh is so worried that it's going to be some sort of confrontation about him and Rebecca. Um, but then Greg sits them all down and he apologizes for being MIA and lying to them. You know, he says, my mom didn't have botched plastic surgery. That was his uh, excuse for being gone. And he says he's been dealing with things. Uh, I got a DUI, spent a night in jail. I'm an alcoholic. I've been going to meetings. I'm trying to stay sober. Like, that's a lot of stuff that's been happening. And so everyone's kind of taken aback by this, but oh, well, actually, Greg says, um, you know, I know it's a shock, and White Josh is like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we've I like talked about it a little bit, right? Of like other characters very much saying Greg is an alcoholic, like constantly. Uh, yeah, White Josh doesn't seem surprised at all. I also, I think Todd's like going to mention this. I love White Josh in this episode. We like actually get White Josh and it's so great. Yeah, I, I had, whenever I was doing the rewatch, and uh, because I'm rewatching, and like, cause I remember, like, I love White Josh. White Josh is one of my favorite characters. Uh, rewatching, as the first season, especially, like, took a little while for him to have any personality trait other than just works out a lot and doesn't wear a shirt. 
you know, and then he and Daryl uh, start dating and they get a little bit more. But even then, most of his relationship is most of his is just like a uh, like trying to navigate Daryl through what it means to be, you know, by and all that and the, the relationship hurdles. And so this is the episode where I feel like we finally have the fully formed white Josh because we have that foundation, but also this is the episode where he finally unleashes his snarky, judgy side, <laughs> which is my favorite thing about white Josh. So, and even this sequence, and because a uh, Josh is all is like making it all about him. He's like a uh, everything, like never. Greg says he's an alcoholic. Uh, Josh is like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. I'm the one with the fake ID back in high school. I'm the one that was trying to get you to do this stuff because I thought it was funny. And White Josh just keeps telling him over and over, not about you. Again, not about you. And he's just like making these little little snarky you know, cracks uh, throughout this little thing. And then later on in the episode, it becomes like full on, like the uh, the ping pong sequence later on is everything. We, that's when we have like the full arrival of fully formed white Josh. But this is where we start to see like the beginning. And you've seen it a little bit, uh, uh, especially the uh, the Flooded with Justice episode, whenever uh, he made like some really snarky comments. It was like, oh, there's there's a little hint of it. But here is where white Josh finally starts to become the white Josh that I know and love. Yeah, I feel like White Josh is one of those characters that you don't expect to be a better, like, the, the character that he is. Like, you think he's going to be minor the whole time, and he actually actually ends up having so much personality. Um, one of the best compliments I ever got was my my best friend in college who I watched the show with me. She was like, a couple of years ago, she was like, I, you remind me of White Josh. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> I, that's not the character I would have compared myself to. But she was like, she meant it in the best way. She's like, your sass is like on the same level as his. You're just like always like like the smartest person in the room. And I was like, she went on and on. I was like, probably not true, all the stuff that she said. But she like went through. And so I, every time I think about White Josh's arc, I'm like, that's that's me. It's, it's not really. <laughs> but I, I think about that comment that she made. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, Josh just... He's like, I feel terrible if I contributed to this. And that's when White Josh is like, weirdly, this isn't about you. <laughs> and, you know, Greg says, it's okay. You know, Guardrail said some people would take it harder than others. Yeah, Josh um, Chan is so frustrating in this whole sequence with Greg. Like, it, he just has to make everything about him. And I, I think this is like, like I said, this is like the era of Rebecca that's kind of hardest for me to watch in parts. But this is also the era of Josh that's like the most like lowest points with him. Like he really, the, the way he reacts to Greg, the way he treats Rebecca, all of this stuff is really a bad look for Josh. Um, and at this point in the show, I just remember being so done with him and like just even like, any any interaction that he has like there's no like redeeming friendship for me at this point with josh he's just so frustrating um i do love mm. josh in the long run but at this point in the show i'm like just no beautiful I'm so words excited right now. amazing yeah, I, martha i'd say listeners if you could see adam like he had his eyes closed <laughs> nodding like he was in church like about to go like, like listening to a sermon honestly yeah. <laughs> was i was so, like i gotta keep going that was so satisfying to hear because time after time i'm like the only one oh my gosh no okay look you and todd always hate on josh i just try to like even it out because it's so mean but <laughs> He's just such a man-child, like, at this point in the show especially. Like, it just is frustrating just yeah. how immature he is. Yeah, I think, uh, talking about in the last episode a bit, but they really have, have amped up the Josh as a child energy at this point in time. Between the last episode with everything, like, moving with the parents and all, and this episode with 
everything that goes on, yeah, he is definitely in full man-child mode right now. And what's wild is, like, I didn't know that we could get much further than, like, where we got to in season one. I mean, he had, like, a whole temper tantrum song of, like, him unable to express his opinions. Angry! Mad! It's like, that was a whole thing in season one, and he's now more of a child? Like, oh my god. Yeah, unsurprisingly, I'm way out on Josh, still. (laughs) So Rebecca, I mean, you guys know this better than me, but Rebecca's 26 at the beginning of the show, right? Which is never really makes that much sense to me. Because it's like 10 years after the summer camp where they're 16. Yeah, something like that. We it's one of those things that we're always like, how we old just are they? Yeah. And we never yeah. went back to look it up because like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she's she's 26, and then that means Josh and the rest of them are all supposed to be 26, 27 at this point in the show. And I'm 25, so I'm like, I don't think that 26 is exactly right for Josh, but I will say he's like the most like I could believe he's 26 compared to like Greg being 26. Um, and then even Rebecca, it's like it's the age the age thing is maybe another like continuity editor thing that's not totally shown um or like really those actors can only play so young right yeah exactly (laughs) there's only so much i'm willing to believe about yeah that's exactly it i really like forget their age in like always like you're right it starts 10 years after the camp when they're like 16 yeah i never think about it in terms of like oh these people are in their mid to late 20s like that's where i'm at and i do not feel like i'm the same age as these Mm -mm. people yeah some parts of it were like they seem way like josh seems like way younger but then it's like rebecca and greg i i nathaniel nathaniel's older i think but there's so many things that the age just doesn't seem to add up for me so, did someone say um, bingo bango in the scene? Yeah, Greg ended his, like, spiel. he was like, all right, I'm going to, he, like, did his whole thing, and he was like, bingo bango done. <laughs> it made me laugh, like, so hard, because it's, like, so Greg, like, how cavalier he is. He's just, like, saying these really heavy things. He's like, yep, bingo bango done. And that was, like, the full extent of it. I love Greg a lot. All right. So, you know, the, the guys are wondering if they should drink in front of Greg, and Greg says, you know, it's fine. Let me show you what I mean. And then we get the second song of this episode, which is called Greg's Drinking Song. And Martha, obviously you said you love Greg. So what do you think about this song? Um, Love Greg. I feel like this is a song that, again, it's very funny, um, very well written. And the like um, set of it is very fun. The lyrics are hilarious. I don't feel like this is like the Greg song for me because it's not like showcasing his voice the way that a lot of the other Greg songs do for me, at least. He's not playing piano in it, too, which I love the songs where he has piano. I know there's not that many of them, but I feel like this is not like a Greg song. Like when I think of Greg songs, even though this is literally Greg's drinking song, it's not like the Greg song for me. I still like it. And I I love hearing his voice. He has, he's just such an incredible voice. Um, And again, it's very funny, but um, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite Greg song ever. Um, Wow. (laughs) The only place that I can come in here is just to the, to the absolute moon here, because not only, uh, is this my favorite Greg song? And it's pretty close actually, because I'm like very high on what'll it be. Uh, I was the only one who gave that a five out of the three of us for that, for that first oh, wow. time. You guys were all under that. I had that as a full five. I think that's one of the best uh, songs of the show. Perhaps yeah, the I best love of that the first song. season. Definitely. Uh, like you said with the piano, this to me is my favorite song of the series. I think that this is probably 
my favorite song of the entire series. The aesthetic is just amazing. The choreography is so good. It's like so funny and quick witted. The, the some of the lines just like make me cackle. Like poor little Bruno did not expect that. I try for the toilet and puke on my cat. It's just like so funny what they're like coming up with in the writers room here. Uh, and it's all performed like so well everyone's like got the got the costumes going on they're like in the pub i love like the iris you know uh jig theme there i just love it so much this is like one of my favorite songs of the whole entire show yeah i remember so whenever adam and i first started talking about cxg you know he shared with me the spreadsheet he used to rank all the songs from seasons two through four because he didn't start doing it until after he was through season one i remember like going through it to see what his favorite songs were and seeing this one rated higher than everything else and going oh interesting <laughs> would not have expected that uh, adam has some hot takes on that I'm not, I'm i'll not tell you what that, yeah it's so good this is so it's like so much fun i'm, I'm like not, dancing I, with them i'm like vibing in my seat as they're going i'm like yeah to be clear i'm not saying this one's a hot take i think this is a great song it's nowhere near my favorite or anything but i totally respect how much you love it and i i, I can tell you feel the same way about this as i did last week with love kernels yeah, you you were like very love kernels. Lenny was like the most passionate I've ever seen. Oh, I love life. I love love kernels so. too. As a as a middle school teacher, it's like the song that I think of the most regularly. Like it's like <laughs> my students giving me love kernels. It's so relatable. Marla, that is my favorite song in the entire show. Is love kernels? Like <laughs> well, I'm obsessed with it. I will say my favorite song in the entire show is I gave you a UTI, so I really can't judge. <laughs> we absolutely we love that one. All three we of us gave so that. Yeah, so yeah, Song, so. Not for nothing, opening up season two, two consecutive episodes where two or the three of us here are have our favorite songs of the whole series. That's that's actually kind of wild when you think about it. I like that. I think season two is off to an amazing start here. If I were yeah. on next week's episode, I would I will say that the song from I don't know if we're not allowed to do spoilers, right? We don't really do spoilers. I will, I will say a song from say. next week's a song from next week's episode is in my top five. So if I were on that one, I think I'd be that's, able to say that. I think that's why the guest that we're gonna have next week is coming on next week is because of that song. Yeah, I, I, I I'm pretty sure we can guess what the song is, and that is the reason that person got into watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Pretty much, he like oh, wow, saw that song. I'll definitely like, be listening. Can't wait. Yeah. So yeah. this is so good, Lindy. You, uh, what do you think of this song, Greg's drinking song? Oh, I said, I think it's really fun. I think it's great. Um, I don't think it's going to get a full five from me, but it's going to be really close. Like, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I remember. This is not one I've listened to on its own, but it's one that I would going forward now that I've rewatched it and remembered how fun and funny it is. And like you said, my favorite part is like, poor little Bruno did not expect that. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, no, and I guess we'll talk about this later when we actually get to the rankings. Notably, that would mean that neither of you two are giving fives to any Greg songs of the series. We're not done. We're not done. We're let's, nearly let's, done. Let's not make yeah. statements like that. That's just yeah, not I'm, okay. All that's right, just not okay. true. I'll wait until yeah, that statement uh, is fully true. I guess. So, I, I will say in retrospect, I, I do wish that I had given a, a Hey Wiscovina a five. I, in retrospect, I, I think I would have done that, but it was early on, and I was still thinking out my my rating things. So I think. You guys aren't as liberal with the fives as I am. I yeah, just yeah. you're, you're definitely there. much much freer with them. Uh, but I think I think in retrospect, I probably probably would have given them a five. But uh, yeah, so for me, uh, again, I like the song a lot. It's a fun song, really funny. Uh, for me, my favorite part is uh, 
I knock on the cockpit, so I'll fly this plane. That that whole bit with the plane, that's my favorite part of the song. So it's a it's it's a really funny song. But again, it's not one that I'm going to be giving the the full full pretzels to because I, uh, it just doesn't rise to that level for me. All right. So after that song, we get this scene. It's a pretty big scene. Like a lot of things are happening. But first, we see this is all a cup of boba. Um, Josh is talking to Father Bra, and Father Bra is saying grace for this boba. And Josh is like, uh, do we have to say grace? Like, is this food? <laughs> uh, Father Bra says, boba is a drink that you eat. <laughs> I think that boba counts as a meal. Um, although I would normally put that, like, I would want it as part of a meal. But I, I'm a big boba fan. It's one of the things in the show where I feel like it was more of a trend back when the show was on. Um, but I still am a huge boba fan. So I, I love that uh, aspect of the show is how much we see boba. <laughs> It is such a big part of the show, at least so far. Like almost almost every episode, someone is at Cup of Boba. And I believe that we mentioned this once. I don't think like me, Todd, and Adam have ever really had it. Or if we have, it's been like one time. What? So. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Well, I thought it was that we all didn't like it. Because it was like so big in college when no, I was No, I've never college. had it. Yeah, I've oh. never had it. Oh, so I've definitely had it like a good <laughs> amount because my friends loved it in college. I'm just like not a huge fan. Would you do the fruit kind or the tea? I I've done them both. I prefer the fruit kind when I mm. like if I had to do it, but like I don't know. I don't like to eat my drinks is like where I come down. And so it's I don't know. There's like something there's something very jarring about like the biggest draw in the world, like being in it's this. So house. fun. It's such a such a fun little adventure to drink boba. <laughs> and, um, and I I will I'm not a fan of fruit boba. I only do milk tea. Um okay. Thai iced tea or or taro are my two go-tos. But um yeah, big boba fan. Definitely Lindy and Todd, you should try it. I will someday. It's worth the experience. I'll definitely like say that. Everyone should like, you know, be able to say I've had boba, but yeah. not for I've me. I've never been a big tea drinker, so that's one of the reasons why I never even tried it. But if there are other things I might might try one of the fruit ones just to to say I've tried it. It's worth it. You should I mean to at least be able to say you've tried it. <laughs> so uh Josh is telling Father Bra that he can't tell greg about him and rebecca because greg's in this fragile state like he's going through a lot right now and uh josh is really surprised by father Ra's reaction because he says you know i think that's a wise and mature decision like telling him would be selfish and it would only you know the only purpose would be to just make yourself feel less guilty so yeah don't add to his plate with all these things he's dealing with i love that josh is as surprised about being right about something as all of us are no, just think that what no really what no just like yes you're actually right about something for once josh congratulations and he's like great i didn't want to tell him <laughs> like he doesn't want to do this anyway so it's like perfect i'm this is good for greg oh great <laughs> uh so then we see behind them surprise greg is there and he's with heather um i guess he's there to uh own up to his mistakes with heather and you know she tries to tell him oh you don't have to do this like it's okay um and then he goes on this um long apology about how this about the french fries this one time you know they ordered french fries and he ate all of them because he was wasted and it was so selfish and heather's face is just like what like like she was expecting this whole big apology for everything that happened when they were in this relationship and how he left her but no all he's apologizing for is the french fries and so she's like 
you know, I don't remember that at all, but I'll take that apology and apply it to other stuff. Yeah, this is like such a realistic moment um, of like, you think that Greg is going to, I mean, not even for Greg, but just I feel like any person who's like made mistakes in the past, like thinking that they're going to make a big like proclamation that you want from them. And then it's just like not what you were expecting. Um, And I mean, I do think Greg's a self-aware enough character that maybe he does know that he should be apologizing for more it kind of played it's kind of played like he doesn't know that though so that's what's kind of surprising here because i feel like greg he's he's made a lot of growth he's like done a lot of work um and for him to actually think this is the thing to apologize for i'm I'm not quite buying that that's what greg's like actual thought process is yeah it confused me a little bit i thought it was hilarious but i was like does greg really not see what's happening here that he should be apologizing for something much bigger yeah, I don't know if maybe in Greg's mind he only needs to apologize with the things that he feels are tied directly to the drinking and maybe some of the other stuff that went on with with him and Heather he doesn't see tied into that. Maybe that is where his thought process I think is. all of you are like vastly underplaying the terribleness of eating someone else's french fries. <laughs> that, is that not the top of the list? <laughs> Heather didn't even remember. (laughs) I'm I'm the kind of person who eats like four of my French fries when I order them, and then I let everybody else at the table eat the rest of them. So I can't relate to this being a big. uh, We appreciate people like you. uh... (laughs) There are two types of people. (laughs) All right, so then we get kind of the final part of this this whole big scene at Cup of Boba. So Josh walks up to Greg and Heather and Greg says to him, you know, I heard about you in Valencia. That's really rough. Like, where are you staying? It's just a totally innocent question. And Josh struggles so much to answer this. Like he cannot, he's not like Rebecca. He can't just invent something on the spot that makes perfect sense and sounds real. Like he starts, (laughs) he starts talking about like, like he can't even answer. And Heather is trying to help him. And she's like, where do you hang your hat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the question, it's like one of those funny moments where like they're all asking kind of like weirdly formally and then Josh is like pretending like he doesn't understand the question and now she just, Heather, it's a great Heather line, like classic, just like making it even more like ridiculous. How do you hang your hat? (laughs) And I love Father Bras in the background. He's just like sipping his boba, like like staring at everyone. That's usually like Heather's position of like eating the Toblerone in the background, like observing everything. Yeah, I do. Before we get too much fun, I do want to put, uh, say that I think this is a great use of Father Bra. I feel like this is a perfect Father Bra sequence. Like we were all a little down on season one Father Bra for the most part. But I think the show is finally starting to get to the point where Father Bra is actually a, a character that we all remembered liking. I think this is like a, a perfect example of Father Bra being like a good a uh, sounding board for the ridiculousness of Josh and trying to be a voice of reason and not be able to get through to him and then feeling frustrated because he can't get through to him. So I think this is like a good father bra moment. At this point in the show, it's a rare good father bra moment. I will definitely agree with you guys where like season one, I hated father bra. I was like, what purpose is he serving? Like what, what are we really getting from father bra? Uh, But I do think that this is a good look for him. And I think the show leans more into this as we go through the show. Um, But yeah, agreed that he's not a character that I was, ever like originally feeling like oh what a what an essential character the show he brings so much to the table and like again also like the realisticness of him like didn't always buy but again this (laughs) is a good moment for him and i'm glad that we've moved toward this this side of him more in the show (laughs) 
And then Josh manages to come up with an answer to where he's living. He says it's an Airbnb in Claremont and it's a celebrity's place. Like, <laughs> oh, but I can't say who it is. And then he's like, uh, but it's Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> Why on earth would he pick Josh Hutcherson of all people, of all celebrities? How did he, how did that come to mind first? I think he's thinking of Josh's probably because he's Josh. Um, and so um, his other options were like what Josh, Josh Groban, Josh Duhamel. Like I can't even think <laughs> of that many Josh's. So Josh Hutcherson was a little bit bigger back then, right? Like still, still Hunger Games coming out. Yeah, I think you know Hunger Games. He's at Boba. He's probably a little hungry. Hunger yeah. Games. There it is. That's a very Josh word association. <laughs> We've solved it. That's what it was. <laughs> It was just so funny to me, like, especially also season. like, yeah, Josh Hutcherson's not. The, I mean, at that, I, I think of him as a teenager, but obviously he's not at that point. But like, for him to have like a weekend place for just him is like a little bit hard to buy as well. I don't like, know how Claremont, it works, which Heather's like, who has an Airbnb Claremont like a celebrity? Like, ah. Uh. Uh, so then we get Greg, you know, he's talking to uh, Greg is so far just being like really mature about everything. He's like trying to apologize for things, explain himself to everyone and be really understanding, especially Josh did not react well to Greg's, you know, telling them he's an alcoholic. But Greg is saying, you know, I know you read it out by it, but I know it's coming from a place of friendship. So like, thank you. And Josh's response to this is to yell out, I slept with Rebecca. So, so he's just so good at controlling everything he does. He's not impulsive at all. Um, just super mature character. Yeah, it's funny. So I was watching this, and you know, one of my big things throughout the first season has been like, why are these two friends? So they're never nice to each other. They're just awful to each other. It's not even like the fun, like playful, you know, picking on each other thing. It's like just actually awful to each other. And this, you like, okay, there's actually some like, you know. Greg's being really understanding and then trying to be like, oh, sympathetic. Oh, I, I know it's coming from friendship and he's not like reading too much into it. And I'm like, oh, this is actually, you know, you can see the makes me friend. And then like Josh ruins the instant, like, okay, that that's about right. That's that's about right. And but Greg is still, you know, on the surface at least, very level-headed, doesn't fly off the handle like he probably would have in the past. I also really loved Father Bra's reaction to Josh just like yelling out. He's just like, well. <laughs> it's like very funny. Oh. Yep, there it is. Yep. 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 Uh How that one coming. <laughs> uh, honestly, this moment made me laugh out loud. I forgot that that's how it happens. So when Josh just yells that, I was like, this is funny. Like a terrible decision, but hilarious swatch. And then um, how he can't, like, he, he's like, oh, it was just the one time. Well, uh, and then he, like, starts to try to count how many times it was. And Greg's like, multiple like times. I got it. Thank you. And, and like, stop counting. Yeah. yeah it's like, stop talking. <laughs> he gets to, like, his second hand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh yeah, this is so this is like really heartbreaking too to watch for Greg because like like you said, he does keep his cool in the moment and it is gross to see that um in a way. But then of course, like the next scene, you're gonna see how much this really does hurt him to hear. And like that almost makes it harder to watch. It's just like how he's controlling himself in the moment. Um, that's clearly something that he's worked on of like being able to manage those emotions, but then it does really still make a huge impact. So just to see him being like outwardly 
trying to, to pretend that he's fine. Um, that's a, a very like real feeling, I think. And I, as, as a huge Greg fan, really feel it with him here. Yeah. I mean, he, he handles his reaction so well. He says, you know, that makes sense. Like I was a drunk jerk. I can't blame you guys. And he even says like, it's okay. Let's put this behind us. And he hugs Josh. Like this takes enormous like self-control to not just be like so upset because he knows how badly he messed up like he loves Rebecca and this is just horrible to hear but he totally you know handles it with grace in this moment and Josh leaves and Heather is asking Greg if he's upset and he's kind of like saying he's fine and she's like it's important to me that you're upset about this <laughs> yeah, so like, he, he left her for Rebecca and so she's like if you're not upset about this that's a problem <laughs> Uh, yeah, As you I remember, she said, like, to Rebecca, like, you and Greg have to get married now because yes. then it'll be, like, worth it. That's such a good line from Heather. Of Like, it's important to me that you are upset here. <laughs> like, um, she's just so classic, like, like, so deadpan, but also, like, there's a lot of heart behind what she's saying there. And, I mean, I think the viewers are all kind of thinking it, too. So it's one of those moments where Heather says what we're all thinking. And, uh, but Greg insists he's fine. He says he's, he's bringing donuts to his next meeting. Like <laughs> that's the sign of how great he's doing. Um, but you can hear in the background, it starts to play the music for I could, if I wanted to. And as he walks away, um, he starts singing, you know, my best friend is sleeping with my ex behind my back. Who cares? I don't, but I could, if I want it. And then he punches a wall. Impressive, <sighs> impressive punch there. Uh, punch right through it. <laughs> does, yeah, dry, it's definitely long. drywall. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no uh, molding there. But still. Yeah, this is so tough to watch again. Like, like we've just seen him be like, oh, keeping his composure. Like, okay, good for you handling handling yourself so well. And then, like, again, it kind of like you do want him to feel emotion about this because, like, you want, I mean, as somebody who was rooting for Greg and Rebecca at this point in the show, for sure. Like, I was like, yeah, I really want him to be upset, but not this like health this is not a healthy reaction obviously and like I'm, I'm glad at the same time like this doesn't like send him down like a huge spiral he's like upset but like he doesn't like completely fall off the wagon here um but still it's it's definitely um an emotional scene um I think for anybody but especially like you know big Greg fans like all of us here Yeah, it's Greg in this episode. Like, I have a lot of respect for him, and it's it is really hard to watch. Like, he's so upset, and all right. Well, we'll get to his like what he does later in a moment. But uh, let's get back to a storyline that we saw earlier in the episode. Uh, Rebecca is at the office, and she is dressed in a ping pong outfit. I guess you would call it. I don't know if there are official outfits for this. Adam, yeah, did, can you tell us? Yeah, Adam. Adam <laughs> We we need pictures. If this, is, if this is something that you have, we we need photographic evidence. Uh, no, there's no like official ping pong outfit. I mean, you certainly have like your your like you know the the wicking shirts or whatever that you wear, but like, no, it's not. There's no like, there's no ping pong outfit per se. <laughs> but she's stretching to get ready for her private it's ping important. pong lesson with an eleven year old child. Always very important. <laughs> Especially for table tennis. Other sports, eh. But <laughs> table tennis, gotta get a good stretch in. I mean, it's not gonna hurt anything. 
maybe you don't need it but maybe the way rebecca's doing it though i don't feel like she literally knows what she's doing when it comes to stretching so i'm a little worried that she might pull something (laughs) that is a fair point um and then paula walks in and turns out it's friday now and she asks for the recommendation letter and rebecca has not done it and says like uh can i get it to you at 2 a.m can you still submit it at 2 a.m like uh, no you can't (laughs) like that that's so frustrating like you said like you you feel like at the beginning of the episode when paula asks rebecca for the letter like they're both so excited and it's like yes rebecca's being a good friend and then this happens and i mean it again this is not even the worst part of it in the by the end of the episode but paula's so like eager and she's like yeah that'll work and like rebecca's like okay like of the rest of the day, you can't like like i don't know letters of recommendation you want to write a nice one here but like they're not that hard to write for somebody you know well I, at least i don't think they are um so yeah it's frustrating that she's like i i forgot but i'll do it at 2 a.m tonight like not i'll do it right now yeah especially like when you consider that whenever josh wanted her help writing uh the essay for his resume like she did that like in a heartbeat and like and, no hesitation and whatsoever. Paula, no, Paula so you know knows she that she did that too. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that Rebecca could churn this letter uh, recommendation out in a flash and it would be tremendous. And the fact that it's been a week, a work week, but a week and she hasn't even like started on it and has completely forgotten about it. Yeah. It's a really bad look for Rebecca at this moment. Especially because does does trying to learn ping pong take up that much of her time? Is she doing it like easy time? Easy once you. I mean for Rebecca. 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 I mean she's trying to be a table tennis uh, champion. I forget how she phrases it. She has like a certain level of proficiency. Competition level. Competition level. I agree with Todd. Like I think we're supposed to assume that like oh Rebecca's been focusing so much on the ping pong that that's why she hasn't done the letter. But it's like if it's been days, it's not like she spent every minute learning ping pong. Like Mm -mm. she had to eat dinner. She had to like watch TV or something. Like why didn't she have time to do this? I don't understand it. I don't think little Zhao is with her 24 seven. I, uh, I would hope I hope was 24 seven because that that raises all sorts of questions about his, his parents and everything. So I, yeah, to your guys' point, I did have this in my notes, uh, not for this scene, for a later scene. I don't know why I didn't put it earlier. I, it did strike me as a little odd that like Rebecca didn't just complete it immediately. Obviously like we get the story, right? Like we want the story between Rebecca and Paula. So like whatever, but like, uh, especially for like what we've seen of Rebecca previously, I, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't make a ton of sense that she wouldn't just like do it immediately. The only thing I think is like, Rebecca does get easily distracted by her Josh missions, and I think if if like the, the whole Zhao that all had it happened like right at the same time that she is being asked about it, but I think as soon as that happened, then she suddenly was like off on that and just like sadly Paula fell out of the forefront of her mind so i think it would been like a different day of the week or just like a some like the week before rebecca did that immediately but she just had this mission for josh and that just pushed everything out of her brain and as they're having this conversation daryl is sliding his letter under the door (laughs) trying to get paula to accept that 
so funny to like see him with the ruler he's got like the gum he's like sitting in he's like overhearing the conversation (laughs) daryl's so good yeah Uh, i love i I love seeing daryl and rebecca just as like foils for each other in this episode they're not usually like each other's foils but i think for like as it comes like when it comes to being paula's friend they're definitely um playing foils for each other in this episode of just like the way Paula treats each of them is like it's it's like kind of like a lopsided triangle of like one of them is being um you know one of them pours everything into the friendship with Paula and then Paula pours everything into the friendship with Rebecca but then she's also pulling back so it's a little different but yeah I just feel (laughs) poor Daryl I I, there was a little bit more Daryl in this episode um this is that's probably one of the only things I can really knock in this episode I just wish that there was a little more Daryl and for a moment there, Paula's saying, like, do you not want to write the letter? Like, it's clear she's starting to have doubts. Like, does Rebecca not even want to do this? But Rebecca, like, assures her, like, no, I, I really want to. Like, I will write it. I promise. Yes, because a Lannister always pays their debts. Yeah, Rebecca <laughs> just started watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> yeah, great reference. Just like she, she totally nails that reference. <laughs> Oh, and then they walk out, and there Daryl is, and Daryl, in a, in a fit of peak, is like, spoils the season one finale of Game of Thrones. So funny. And then spoils the Red Wedding, too, a little bit. It's just, it cracks me up, because it's so petty. It's so petty, but it's just so funny. Then Rebecca deserves <laughs> it. <laughs> right, like, I can agree with that, that Rebecca, like, deserves it in that moment, but at the same time, as someone who hates spoilers, I'm just like, how could you do this, Daryl? Oh, I, I feel that, you know. I feel like this was probably a huge dilemma for the writers here where they're like I is is the statute of limitations like up for <laughs> Game of Thrones can we actually spoil something that happens in season one and then the, what the red wedding is like end of season two or how it's like a lot further so yeah, I feel I like that was like three. oh yeah so it's pretty bold of the writers of crazy ex-girlfriend here to actually spoil uh the Game of Thrones for um its viewers i i wonder if there were people who watched this who were mid um uh, actually for me i think i maybe hadn't watched yet and i like didn't like internalize who the characters were because i definitely was a person who was later to game of thrones uh, but I, I didn't remember that either of those spoilers happened when i watched later so maybe maybe they uh they lucked out with the way that they chose to do that i was gonna say for what it's worth i've never seen an episode of game of thrones and the names just go right over my head yeah so. and i think that's probably what happened to me now that i'm thinking about the timeline of when i watched this i'm trying to think when i started game of thrones but i think it was after this yeah it's more that if you're in the middle of a show and you're yes. familiar with all the characters and you hear something you're like no and that's yes. exactly what rebecca was going yes through. like she's familiar with everyone but she hasn't gotten very far and then daryl just ruins it so funny uh so then we get another scene of rebecca you know with uh with the little kid teaching her ping pong and he tells her she's getting better and she asks him if she looks hot and he says uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) rebecca no 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 poor show he he tries here like he's like i mean good for him for answering it i guess i don't know what else he could have done here (laughs) Uh, Rebecca and her boundary issues. He is so funny. but um, And then Rebecca says, you know, I know exactly what Josh is going to say to himself when he sees me. And then we got our third song of the episode. I love that we have three songs this episode. This one is Ping Pong Girl. And Todd, what are your thoughts on this one? I like this song a lot. 
Uh, I think this song is a lot of fun. Uh, the style of song is a style of song that I listen to a lot uh, whenever I was younger. So it kind of like really like, you know, filled, filled into that 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 sort of thing like okay i could like really i i, I could hear this being a song from from those sort of bands at the time and it just like it's a lot of fun that was really funny like the cutting back and forth between rebecca's idealized version of herself and her like her golden ping pong costume and everything then cutting back to her just like being awful just horrendous at everything and just and like, and like, basically, like, not even like looking at the ball because she's too busy thinking about her her dream scenario. It just, uh, I think, I think the song is really funny. I completely agree. I love this song. I think it is so hilarious. It's actually one of my favorites. Like, I go back and listen to this a lot. I love that it's like Rebecca's view of Josh's mindset and just all these funny lines, like, "Dude, sing these kinds of songs," <laughs> and like. <laughs> and like this is one of my favorite parts ping pong shows that she has control over her body but it doesn't threaten my masculinity like basketball or hockey it's so good it's, so, it's so funny and then this the is... ending when he's like she and i should give a 30-year mortgage a whirl let's share a costco card oh. <laughs> i, yeah, I think it's such hilarious. a funny show such a funny song I, I it's my favorite of the episode um i think that it's yeah. it's such a like like you lindy it's one that i'll listen to back and forth like going back into it and it's also one that's like stuck in my memory too of like there's a lot of shows there are a lot of songs in the show where i'm i don't necessarily remember them unless i'm re-watching it but um this is a song that i like think about every now and then like anytime i see ping pong i just get ping pong girl stuck in my head um or anytime somebody's having a conversation about it i like want to send them the link to this song um even if they haven't seen crazy ex-girlfriend and i, I love songs like this that are like kind of a lot of like i know josh isn't the one singing it but it's about josh in a way um or I, josh is the one singing it um i don't know why i said that um it's just like one of those josh songs where josh um like they're really playing with the like archetype of like boy band songs and just like the lyrics of like just like kind of problematic things but also poking fun of the the ideas of it and it, it's just a, a great um parody and i i think it's really funny yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely love it. I just like will echo everything. Um, as like a ping pong guy, I can like very much confirm <laughs> that like sexy ping pong is not a thing. However, <laughs> like the the idealized version here of like someone being so attracted to someone who plays ping pong was like a fantasy in high school and college. That was like the dream. That would be like, oh, amazing. Like the kind of love that's like, yeah, ping pong. Let's share a Costco card. Those are like two of my favorite things in the world, ping pong and Costco. I love them both so much. Like that is the dream. It like doesn't get better than that. So like, yeah, this song always just like stood out to me as well. There's a moment in the middle uh, where she's like trying to do air guitar with the paddle and like really <laughs> awkwardly. That was one of my favorite parts watching this again. Yeah, no, it's it's the song is great, but also just the visuals and everything with that. It's like one of those one of those examples of where they nail it on all fronts. And so, yeah, like, like Martha said, this is definitely my favorite song of the episode. And then they continue to be brilliant when the song ends and it immediately cuts to Rebecca playing this incredibly slow, methodical yeah. ping pong that is just so terrible. <laughs> and she's wearing a polo shirt that matches Zhao's shirt. 
like she's matching with this 11 year old kid playing this terrible game of ping pong it is so funny and that is when hector says why are all my friends in love with this girl so funny that's my favorite line of the episode uh, yeah i i never get tired of both hector and white josh being baffled by people being attracted to Rebecca. This is not the last <laughs> time either one of them are going to question this. Not the first time, it won't be the last time. But they're both like, why? Why? <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, and then we see a scene with Paula and Scott. Scott's showing up again. And, you know, Paula's explaining about the letter. Like, Rebecca's really busy. Maybe I shouldn't have asked her for this. And Scott says, you know, after everything you've done for her, and Paula interrupts, that she didn't ask for. Love Great that little callback. Call <laughs> Great callback, call yes. Callback to what might be my favorite song of the series. So Ooh. It's all downhill from here, folks. We've hit no, it's really not. It's not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, and Scott is saying, like, Rebecca owes you, you know. You, you know, you threw a rock through her window. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, and Paula says, you know, she's busy and, and maybe she thinks this whole thing is just dumb. And Scott is really supportive. He says, it's not dumb. Your dreams aren't dumb. And Rebecca doesn't think that. I just love this scene with Paula and Scott, how far they've come. Like he's being so supportive. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, Scott's great. I, I feel like he's one that I didn't like appreciate as much like until later in the show and, and on a rewatch, even like early moments like this. I guess at this point in Paul and Scott's relationship, I've I've come more around on him on my first watch too. But yeah, this is a great scene for them. Yeah, and I feel for Paula in this moment where she's just she's letting her her doubts creep in. She's doing a thing which I'm all too familiar with, where you take something that someone doesn't do. And turn it into a, oh, well, they didn't do this because of something I did or something I'm not worthy of or something they think about me. You know, it's like that that little negative voice in your head taking something that has nothing to do with you and turning it all into being about you. And even if it has nothing to do with her, which it really doesn't, you know, it's not what she thinks. I mean, what has to do with her is that Rebecca doesn't see her as important as she sees her pursuit of Josh at, at that moment in time. I mean, that's, that's what it says. It doesn't say that Rebecca doesn't believe in her. It doesn't say that Rebecca doesn't think that she can do it. Uh, because Rebecca just like, as recently as last episode, was like praising all of Paula's work and just how good Paula is at this sort of thing. So you know Rebecca definitely does think that she has, has the skills and has vocalized this to Paula in a way. Maybe not straight out, you should go to law school. But even like that celebrationary thing should be enough to keep Paula from going here. But again, Paula is self-doubting enough that Rebecca not writing this letter has just given that little bit of a crack for those doubts to grab hold. And I just, I feel for Paula in this whole, this whole sequence, because it's something that's very relatable to me from, from my life. So then we go back to Rebecca playing ping pong, you know, everyone's watching. It continues to be hilarious. And then, um, uh, White Josh and Hector are are saying that they invited Greg there and Josh gets really mad <laughs> and that's when Hector realizes like you know Josh told Greg about him and Rebecca and White Josh didn't even know about any of this he was like told him about what and Hector says Josh and Rebecca you know are sleeping together and basically living together and White Josh is like what <laughs> 
this but is Josh kind of is... this is kind of a funny like fourth wall breaking moment where like you're assuming that every character in the show knows everything that the audience knows and then, like there's a character who's not in the know um that doesn't happen that often um so kind of doesn't really like play a huge role in like the plot of the episode i mean i guess it sort of does but not a huge role but it's funny to see a character not being in the know yeah and of course the reason why he doesn't know is they didn't tell him because sometimes he can be a bit judgy and that's when the judginess starts coming out even more so again this is the scene where fully formed white josh appears with force and i love it that's the way we like white josh yeah is is judgy i want more of that uh, Josh tries to say that you know he's just crashing at her apartment. It's like more of this like not committing fully to this situation. Um, but all of them are thinking like Greg must be freaking out right now. Like where is he? Why isn't he here yet? Um, it kind of cuts to the AA meeting. There's no donuts. Greg didn't follow through. Like don't put the new guy on donuts. <laughs> like or we won't have donuts. Um, and they're all just worried about Greg. And so Josh tells Rebecca about it and how he told greg about them and you know asks how he took it and um white josh says good job you horny monsters <laughs> and then falls up with oh i'm sorry did that sound judgy good <laughs> that's like the like one of the only quotes i've written down for the episode but that cracked me up good job you horny monsters oh i'm sorry did that sound judgy good i love it i love white josh so much in this scene so White Josh and Hector leave to look for Greg. They tell Josh and Rebecca to stay there. Like, you made this mess, basically. But Josh is going to stay there in case he does show up. And Rebecca says she's going to leave to look for him. Um, and she, <laughs> Josh kind of asks how she's going to find him. And she says she's going to use her intuition. But we see this flashback of Paula locating Greg's cell phone uh, last time. <laughs> and clearly that is how Rebecca's going to find him. So I do want to mention one other thing before we leave the scene, which is never uh, white Josh first kind of like snaps at Rebecca for the whole situation. She's like, shut up, chip hunk. He's like, chip hunk. And she's like, she thinks she looks like a buff chipmunk. And jo white Josh's reaction is like, eh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. Yeah, it's not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I love about White Josh, too, is, like, I feel like he definitely, like, like we've said, he's very judgy, but, like, when he hears something like that, he's like, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> like, um, so that's a good way to be. Martha, I see you wrote down something about uh, Rebecca's trash talk. I think I missed this. What did, What was she saying? Oh, I, yeah. So before, before we get that conversation with the boys, she's, like, talking, she's, like, calling herself mama and calling chow daddy which okay but the the wow. line that i wrote down was goldilocks wants some porridge <laughs> <laughs> so definitely very on brand for rebecca just like a very like niche not niche but like random reference um here like not quite what you would expect from a table tennis trash talk although maybe adam can can vouch that's the way they talk on the table tennis course <laughs> just said it hundreds of times martha and that's okay. just like okay the more i know yeah uh maybe, they, maybe that's what we should start doing before we play the game Lindy. before we do the quiz we should like make up some of these like dumb goldilocks wants some porridge like some rebecca <laughs> style trash talk yeah, yeah. That. i'm gonna blow your house down like we're gonna you know <laughs> keep with the keep with the what big eyes you have. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. This glass slippers are going to fit you. Yeah, nice. It's great. 
Someone's going to have to help me come up with them. I'm not as quick on that. I got to <laughs> go back and forth with Adam here. Oh, I better scrap the game today because that's all it was. <laughs> that's it. We got them all. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, so then we get this, like, I think this is a great scene. Um, it's, like, really, it's, it's really emotional and, like, serious. So uh, Rebecca has found Greg. He's kind of sitting on a bench by the water. And she sits down next to him, says... You know, everyone's looking for you and says, you know, I wanted to tell you myself about me and Josh, but I didn't know where you were. And that's true. Like she went everywhere looking for him, went to his dad's house and her his dad called her a crazy bitch. So like, what was she supposed to do? Like she could not contact Greg. And he says he was embarrassed. Like, you know, he he was doing better, but then he heard about her and Josh and he says he thought about drinking, but he didn't. Instead, he hit a wall. Then he holds up his hand, and it's all bandaged, but it's clearly bleeding a lot. I think, I think he might need some medical attention. Like, it's so red, right? I've never punched a wall, so I don't know, like, what the protocol usually is in that situation. But I don't feel like he did exactly the right thing in terms of just the way that he bandaged that. Like, that's not going to heal very quickly the way he uh, took care of that. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Lindy. I think some medical attention would probably be good here. He did roughly exactly what I would do if I was in that situation with the injury. Like, you get the light bandage, and it's, it'll be fine. It'll be, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, he'll probably be okay, but it's like, looks rough. It looks rough. Um, and Rebecca tells him, you broke my heart, but that's no excuse for sleeping with your best friend. And Greg tells her she doesn't have to apologize. Like, I even picked you because you weren't interested in me. And that goes all the way back to the first episode. Like, she was totally walked into home base. Where's Josh? And was, like, not even looking at Greg. And he was like, perfect. You're my type, you know? Yeah, and I love that moment, like, because I feel kind of like as a viewer there, I kind of it's a little bit of a wake-up call for me. Like, I think when I watched it the first time, I wasn't thinking this way as much. But, like, I remember thinking that that line, like, when Greg says that about Rebecca, like, being like, oh, what a cute, like, love story for them. And then now, like, obviously, it's really not. Like, and, and Greg having the self-awareness here to say that is, is really good. Like, one of those moments of the show being so self-aware and, like, breaking down, like, moments that you thought were cute in the beginning and realizing, oh, it's actually more of just a trope that isn't good in the real world. Um, so I love this moment, even though it, it is, like, heartbreaking in a, in a way as somebody, again, who was super shipping Rebecca and, and Greg for a long time. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a it's a really well-written scene. And it's, like, so hard to watch, at least for me, because I'm, like, still very much rooting for Greg, uh, and he's like really struggling and it's just so obvious to like see that struggle in him being manifest in like a lot of ways and when he's talking about like the fallout from that wedding like his next couple of days just like telling Rebecca the actual situation my like heart was breaking for him I was like oh my gosh Greg it's just it just like sucks it's like a really tough situation uh, and there was like no one that came out of it in in like a good way which is like really tough to see um, but like something that I actually like kind of appreciate with the show, like, cause that's very realistic. Like there are tough situations, but, like no one can come out of like totally unscathed. And like both, both of them are like hit hard here, even after the fact, once they realize what has happened. So, uh, I really liked the scene, but it was just so hard to watch. Like as someone who really loves Greg and is like rooting for Rebecca, it's just like so tough on both ends. 
And then to see the fallout of it further in the episode is just like even more devastating to have like, you know, this idea of like, it was just so close. And we kept saying that uh, at the end of season one, it's just like, oh, it's, it's so close. Like it almost was perfect. And then it just, it fell so far off the cliff. Yeah, we talked a lot in the season one finale about how difficult it was to watch Greg just go on this terrible, like, downhill trajectory with Rebecca. Like, it was going so well and so hard to watch how he acted in that episode. And seeing him here explain it, you know, it's even more heartbreaking because he says, the reason I got a DUI is because I drew, I was driving over to your place the next morning to tell you that I loved you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just want to cry <laughs> saying that. that. Like a knife in the heart. You know, it's just like, because up until that, because even though like the season one finale uh, ended with him saying, I should have told her I loved her too, as he's like drunk on the couch, you know, by this point in time, it, that hasn't come up at all. He's been gone for a month, hasn't reached out to her. It's like maybe he's like, move on. But then the theory, like, oh yeah, no, he was going over there to tell her that and if he hadn't gotten pulled over then maybe things would have been different uh but if he hadn't been pulled over then things would have just self-destructed again because he wouldn't have gotten the help that he needed so it's that thing like oh a part of you's like oh i wish he had gotten pulled over because he could have already loved her but at the same time like no but he was driving drunk so he definitely needed to get pulled over he needed to change his lifestyle so it's this really like the, the, the push and pull of that of knowing yeah i want the relationship to work but it wouldn't have worked so it's probably better this happened, and, but I don't want it to happen like that. And it's just like, like I said, like the, the show is doing a really great job of like, of making this really complex situation that feels real and like tears you up, but uh, it's so well done that you, you have to appreciate it. Yeah. Cause, cause like you said, like the, you want, part of you wants Greg to tell Rebecca that he loves her, like for the, that have to worked out um, in that scene. Um, but obviously like that was what prevented him or what would have prevented him from getting the help that he needed. And like, so it, it's one of those similar to what I was saying before, like we're in throughout this conversation, like what would happen in a traditional rom-com is not really what's happening here. And like, it's definitely playing with the tropes that a rom-com would normally play with um, or not play with, just like do. Um, and yeah, I, I know, like, when I watched this the first time, feeling just, like, so upset that Greg didn't get to tell Rebecca that he loved her. And then, again, like, their relationship just has so many, like, missed connections throughout this first arc of it um, here, or this, this arc in the beginning of season two and end of season one. Um, but it just, yeah, it, it has the same, like, reality of, okay, but he needed that wake-up call at the same time, or he needed to, you know, hit rock bottom or whatever the concept is here. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's again this whole conversation just has so many moments of just like frustrating from the character's perspectives, from the right or from the audience's perspective. But then like, just like shows again, Rebecca and Greg's relationship really was not healthy. Um, and that it's, it, it needed to, to come something happened, something needed to give here. And then it, it did. So it's heartbreaking as again, as somebody who was re rooting for them, um, especially at this time in the show, but again, you, you kind of needed it to happen too. Yeah, and I think the last kind of sad part of this conversation is Greg saying, you know, I blew it and that's my fault. Like, life went on without me. You're with Josh. You know, you should be happy together. You know, does he treat you well? And she says yes, and he says that it all worked out, you know? Uh, and it's it's sad. And, and then Rebecca is saying, wow, you're like this new enlightened person. Like, clearly Greg has done a lot of growing in, the, in this last month. Like, 
he's very different in the way that he's reacting to things. Um, and as Rebecca is saying that, she's interrupted. Um, and Zhao is like, I need a ride back to Torrance. He's like, what? I didn't, we didn't know he was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's, it's so funny how she's like, we're wearing matching outfits because Greg's like, don't need to know. <laughs> so, so funny. Like, it just like takes you out of the, the moment, like this awkward conversation. And you just have to laugh seeing Shao standing there. Like, has he really been standing there the whole time? Or is he just, you know, like off to the side? Or like, did he follow Rebecca? I, I don't know exactly the timeline there, but it's so funny. Like, they're having this heartfelt conversation, and he must have been like five feet away the whole time. Like, this is the child that like she was playing ping pong with like she's responsible for watching after him right now so like it's so funny but it's just like the perfect way to end this scene because it just takes you back into this hilarious place um and I, I just also love how like both greg and paula like two of rebecca's closest confidants like both didn't want to and couldn't know about her little scheme in this episode like she was going to explain it but she like she just couldn't and so it was like all her and we see how that went uh so then we get seems like the next day uh rebecca is in the office or maybe maybe it's not the next day i guess i don't know they're in the office again and rebecca finally gives paula the letter and she's like please forgive me and my garbage self and you know paula is saying i thought that you thought me going to law school was ridiculous and Rebecca's like no like you are so brave like my conversation with Greg made me realize that changing your life is hard and I want to be there for you and Paula reads the letter she says it's so sweet and Rebecca says you know you're the greatest person I've ever met and Paula's like well this is great but I had to turn in Daryl's letter because he gave it to me on time (laughs) and Daryl's in the background like best friends for life like good for Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> good, good for Daryl. Love Daryl. I just want to start off by saying, like, I, Paula is so forgiving about this. Like, it doesn't seem like she's even mad at Rebecca for not doing this on time. And I just don't understand why. Because, like, what is Rebecca's excuse? Like, I, I mean, There's I don't. A very not- weird disconnect between Paula and Rebecca this episode. I, it like almost comes out of nowhere, it, you know, obviously partially because Paul is not involved with the shenanigans, right? Like that's like a big part of it. But then even like with the stuff that they have together, like, I don't yeah. know. And it's the playing again with the, the Paula seeing Rebecca as her child and like seeing her as like, she's, she's going to be like, you know, unconditionally loving her and not necessarily in the right, like not seeing unconditional love the, the way that, you know, maybe she should be seeing it. It's like, that doesn't mean that you can just let her do whatever she wants to do um and like scott points that out too or she's like you you're you're giving her more chances than you'd give our own children um i think this is another example of just like paula just like really lets rebecca take advantage so much uh so much during their friendship um even though they have even reached this contract at this point it's still um not to that like healthy relationship that it, it it will eventually form into Yeah, and Paula, like, she should be grateful that Daryl wrote her the letter because otherwise she'd have none. But she was just like, you know, it was not terrible. Like, 
such high praise. Like, so frustrating because Daryl, again, loves Paula so much. And this is just all, I mean, she's giving him the love kernels here. Like, he owns a law firm. Like, he runs the law firm. Like, this should be a good person to get a recommendation from. Definitely. And he's known her longer than Rebecca has, too. He can't even spell separate. I mean, would you want to (laughs) learn from someone who can spell separate? Well, you should spell check it, you know, yeah. first before printing it out. But that was why when Rebecca complained about that, I'm like, how does she even know we can't spell separate? That you should, uh, that should like little red lines underneath that you should know that immediately. Come on. That is a spelling is hard, one. Todd. Spelling <laughs> is hard. I sep- actually separate is one of those words I always spell out. And I just stop and go. Wait, did I spell that right? It's like I always spell it wrong. The first, even though like every time, I'm like oh no, that's not the right way to spell it. It's one of those words that like for some reason my brain refuses to spell separate correctly. So apparently I'm as bad as Daryl. I can do separate, but you know what word always I just cannot wrap my head around it. And I'm normally a good speller. Thorough. If you ask me to spell the word thorough, I will struggle so much. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the qualification that you had to make there of like, I'm normally a good speller. No, <laughs> I, I, I relate, Lindy. It's, <laughs> for me, it's recommend. Yeah. So it's just l- related to the letter of recommendation here. Um, thorough, I, I haven't heard that one before, but I have, yeah, I can see how that would be a tough one. Cause it, you know, you think like, where's the U? Does it look like through? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a tough I, one. I was just saying that because like, if I didn't say like, I'm normally a good speller, then it, it wouldn't make sense for me to people might get the wrong word. i knew what i knew what you meant lindy because i'm also <laughs> normally a good speller thank you see adam martha knew what i meant she understood <laughs> i wonder if i'm normally a good speller you guys playing wordle nowadays yes yes I'm, with, I'm, okay, not tweeting, I'm not okay. tweeting my wordles but i am playing yeah, it a lot of people i don't tweet them either i Maybe am because i can't it. figure out how to put the boxes i like tried it once and i was like well you can just click share you click manually putting in the boxes. I thought they were no. two. I thought they were two no. for a while. And then I, I've started I sending my sister were... my scores. Oh my god! Okay, I literally thought people were like doing the thing and then spending the next like fifteen minutes like putting. <laughs> it would take a long time. I was like, "There's just no way I'm doing that." <laughs> no, I've shared my. I've only I've only started doing it recently. I've only shared mine once. That's because I was uh, did fairly well on that one. So I was like, "Ah, I'll share this one." For anyone who's a Posha Recaps patron, there is a thread in our Discord where people can post their Wordle things. So you don't have to share it publicly, but you can share it, you know, with a group of of friends. (laughs) Todd, I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't seen that thread. Oh, I'm in there. I saw the post. I just post my number that I get. I still haven't figured out how to. Alright, it's fine. Just I'm not a good sharer. Uh, you guys are good spellers. I don't think I'm a. I don't think I'm normally a good good. Uh, what's the word? It's a really big button, Adam. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I also do it like first thing in the morning when I wake up, so I'm like barely conscious too. Uh, it's actually a miracle that I'm able to like ever get the right word. Okay, sorry, I, we, I totally derailed. Humble brag, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so then we have Greg. He's showing up to AA, and he to make up for the time he missed bringing the donuts, he brought a box of the most expensive donuts in the city. And Guardrail is not impressed. He's like, you only got one dinosaur donut? What are we supposed to do with that? Fight over it? It's a very good point. That's like what I we said. were saying in the beginning, yeah. Martha. That's exactly like... what we were saying. <laughs> yep. First of all, there's not enough donuts in that box for everyone. Did you guys see like oh. how big that room was? There's like, yeah. probably three dozen, maybe more than that people like, in Greg the room. Tried, he brought but... eight donuts. Doesn't matter how fancy they are. Everyone's getting no. like a third of a donut? Come on. 
I love Guardrail's reaction. He's like, you just did not do this right. Like, yeah. It was funny because he got that look. Up. Yeah, it had that look of like, I've, I've seen this. Like, I bet, you know, like he knows, he knows the donut situation. It was, yeah, it was very real. And he basically says, what you got to do is just show up. And then they end up splitting the dinosaur themselves before anyone else can see it and, and fight over it, which I loved. Yeah. And I love, like, God was like, you get the butt. <laughs> and Greg's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we get the last, like, proper scene of this episode. Uh, it's at Rebecca's place. Josh is playing video games on the couch, and Rebecca's telling him about what happened with Greg and saying, you know, he seemed like he's in a great place. And Josh is so relieved. I mean, he spent this whole episode being so worried about Greg's reaction to him and, like, making Greg's problem all about him. And so he's just, like, so relieved to hear like oh he's doing great awesome um and josh invites her to play the video games because i guess at some point in the past she said she loves that but in this moment she decides to say like i lied i don't actually like video games and he says just like you lied about ping pong like what was that about and i love this moment from rebecca because she's like really honest she's like I was just trying to spend time with you. Like, and you can tell how frustrated she is. He like doesn't even realize this. And this isn't even something he was trying to do too. like find things to do together. Like she had to put in all this. I mean, she didn't have to, but she did put in all this effort to like find common activities, you know, together. And she's telling him like, you live here. You do like tell yourself whatever you want, but I deserve to be with someone who treats me well. And you can tell, obviously, this is directly influenced by her conversation with Greg because he asked her, like, does he treat you well? And she said yes. But either she was lying in that moment or afterwards she realized, like, yeah, he's not. Like, I, I need to do something about this. And Josh says, wow. And that's like that's like all we see of his reaction in this episode. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, not not really surprising. Like, the the level of maturity from each of the characters here like it takes a lot of courage for Rebecca to admit like her like reasoning behind what she's done and like Josh thinks he's like getting her like teasing her when he's like oh just like you lied about ping pong like and that's such a I I just really cringe like for Rebecca like hearing that line would really hurt I think um and for her to then own up to why she did it um definitely very brave and I know that she was like as like as saying it, I'm sure that that was hard to say. Um, again, it's not great. Like that, that's her. Like the the end of the the episode is her being like, I wanted us to be together, so that's why I lied. Um, that's not a great takeaway to have. But Josh just like doesn't really seem to internalize what it means. Um, and you know maybe he does do some more thinking about it, and we see a little bit more in the next few episodes. Maybe he does, but like I think here he's just not adult enough to really have a conversation like this and like he thought that this was just going to be them teasing each other when he like started the conversation so he's a little bit like taken aback by how serious it got probably um but yeah it's just a very nuanced conversation like from a viewer's perspective of like knowing that Rebecca knows that she wasn't really right to do that but like she she knows why she did it at the same time and like thinking back to the conversation with Greg like you said um it's just a lot of levels to the conversation that Josh is really not like coming to really any level besides the the lowest here and that's pretty typical for josh in season two he's just like incapable of going to those higher levels like for a lot of reasons which is like so frustrating at least for me uh like like lenny said i loved rebecca's reaction 
to like Josh's comment though, because I think that almost in any other situation, Josh would be like, Oh, just like you have a ping pong. And she would like do a little quirky laugh and be like, Oh, you're so funny. You're funny. Like we would do like something like that. Right. Like we would immediately get Rebecca just like blowing it off immediately going to like sit down on the couch or whatever. Like we wouldn't get the line that we got because of what we saw from Greg. We do. And so like, again, this impact of what has happened to Greg, the growth that he has gone through is like very much shaping who Rebecca is like turning out to be here in the, at the end of this episode. And Josh is just like not making any sort of growth, but instead like devolving. And so we have like Greg becoming literally a new person, like, you know, becoming such a better version of himself in so many ways all throughout this episode, while Josh is like simultaneously making it all about himself, reacting ridiculously immaturely and not even like understanding what Rebecca is trying to say or how she's feeling, which is like just so infuriating even more because of how it ended with Greg and Rebecca and because of the current situation with Josh and Rebecca. So uh, it's just like, the, I don't know, I, there's like a lot going on here in this final scene, uh, but I do like Rebecca's reaction and Josh still continues every episode, every time to piss me off without like failure <laughs> every time. Uh, but like good on yes. Rebecca for saying how you feel. Agreed. Uh, so after she says all of that, she goes upstairs and she opens that drawer that still has Greg's Emery sweatshirt in it. And, you know, she picks it up and she smells it. And then she like lies down on the bed and like rests her head on it. And that is where this episode ends, like, in, except the ending scene. And it's so, it's so, it's such a like somber note to end the episode on. Like she's with Josh. That was like her dream, obviously. And yet things aren't really working. Like it they're just not in the same place really. And here she is, like, I don't know if the word the word's maybe not pining, but like I guess longing for like more connection and, and trying to she thought it would be better. Yeah. Oh she mm-hmm. thought it would be this grand love story. And instead, yep. Josh is like, you know, I'm just crashing at her place. And she's like, You're not, like, you live here, like but he's like sleeping on the couch like not fully committing and that is the opposite of what Rebecca wants like she wants this to be this whole love story to sing songs about and it's just it's not it's just I mean it's more like real life but yeah yeah seeing Greg's Emery sweatshirt here too is just like again we've established in this episode that her and Greg's relationship wasn't what it she wanted it to be and that it, it wouldn't have been because he had things he needed to work on and I mean of course Rebecca is going to have things she needs to work on too we haven't reached that point for her to realize that but like I think she's realizing you know like this was like like again it's like this misconnection between her and Greg of like there were so many things that went wrong um that just couldn't like was it like an unfulfilled relationship and then like you said like the the expectations of what the josh relationship was going to be like just completely not matching with what reality is here so it is a sad moment to lead the episode on very like you know um longing like you said and pining i, I think are both good words here of just feeling like okay this isn't what we wanted and like she's not being like in touch with reality here as or she's she's realizing that she hasn't been um in touch with reality for the last however many weeks i think it's also sad in a way because rebecca is still just focused on the the relationships 
of it all. That her her big focus is, oh, I, I you know relationship with Greg. Oh, she wanted to be with Josh. Now she's with Josh, and now like, oh, well, Josh isn't giving her what she wanted, so maybe she should be with Greg. And like like Martha said, you no, know, Rebecca has stuff she needs to work on with herself, and she's not really necessarily realizing that, and she's still kind of focused on that. Well, I want I want to be with someone who who treats me well, which is a good thing to want, but. Uh, she's so focused on these two guys and all the misconnections and the romance and things not working out that she's not doing the deep dive into herself that she really needs to do at this point. So it's because uh, having just like done a complete rewatch of the series, uh, you know, it, that really jumped out, out at me right now because it's like becomes like a big thing as the series goes on. Like Rebecca continuing to focus on the relationships whenever there's other stuff in her life that she needs to work on. So that, that aspect of it really like, like was a big, big thing for me. Yeah. I like the, I I'm glad you pointed that out. Cause I was thinking that too. Like, you, you know, it seems like she thinks like one of these guys or some guy will solve her problems, you know, but that that's not going to happen. Like, even if she's in a good steady relationship, like she still has problems and obviously we're far away from her, like really thinking about that. All right, so then we have the ending scene here. Uh, this is back uh, at the ping pong cocktaileria, and Rebecca is like searching for a ball that's fallen on the floor, and this woman in this long skirt is standing over it, so she can't really get at it. And eventually, the woman like accidentally kicks it, and Rebecca notices she wasn't wearing underwear. Rebecca chases the ball like over, you know, to this other area. And she finds it, and she also finds the woman's underwear. Like this scene didn't really do much for me, but I don't know if anyone else liked it. Uh, it's it's weird. Like the uh, <laughs> the the ending tags are pretty hit or miss. Uh, like some of them have been like really funny. Uh, Vampire Weekend is the one that always <laughs> always sticks out in my mind. It's one that like is really funny, but a lot of them are ones like this. Where you're just like, okay. And the show eventually stops doing them, and I think it's probably yeah. part of the best. It stops doing them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is one that was just like, yeah, they, they could have left this one on the cutting room floor and we would not have uh, missed it at all. <laughs> yeah, my favorite, my favorite like moment like this, the the cutaway at the end of an episode is definitely the the rapper and sexy getting ready song. Like that's such a funny <laughs> moment. He's um, got all those yeah, bitches I, to apologize yes. to. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But again, very hit or miss with these. And it's the kind of thing where I'm so glad that I'm watching on Netflix and don't have ads that I'm like, oh, I have to wait till I've watched 30 seconds mm -hmm. of ads before I come back to this 45 second scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't really do anything for me here either. It's a little funny, but also like, okay, uh, didn't need to see that really either. Okay, here's my pitch for what this ending scene should have been. I think we're back in the office. We see Daryl kind of walking over into the conference room, seeing the ping pong table. Zhao is sitting there on the side. We smash cut both of them just going at it, front hand, <laughs> backhand. Turns out Daryl's like a ping pong master. I would have that would have been amazing. Give me more. Give me that. I think that's like the winner here. Yeah, like you said, this scene does nothing for me. This is like not enjoyable at all. That would be funny, but that would be like adding you know, history to Daryl's character that's like not really there. And it then could be though. Who cares? <laughs> who? How much? How much is table tennis going to come up in the future? I, I I don't know. I hope a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
me too. But uh, yeah, I hate to tell you, but uh, <laughs> I know, obviously, not much. Well, uh, that's, that's the episode. episode. That's where that's we are. Lineup. Season two. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead, Lydia. Yeah, that's our episode. <laughs> yes, that is the episode. Season two, episode two of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, we did it in a timely fashion, just like always. Short, quick, to the point. <laughs> um, but we're not done here today. Uh, we still have a couple more things to do. Uh, and the first thing that I think we should do is head on over to Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game Corner. We're gonna play a game today, but soon out of matter, they may be sick. Who can win the game? So hang with us, because we'll be playing. Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game Corner. Uh, did I change the music for season two? Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> we don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know yet. It's episode two. You'll have found out last week, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Todd, we are here. Uh, uh, only episode two of season two. So there's only one game that has happened so far. The score is one to zero, of course. Um, but the one belongs to me and the zero belongs to Lindy. So the opposite of how we started off season one uh, Lindy started off season one with the win, and I uh, started with the loss there. Um, but we have a guest on the episode. And the way we do things here, Martha, is that you have the option of picking whose team you would like to join. So you could join Team Adam, uh, reigning season one champion. I would love to have you. I've never had a guest join my team. <laughs> <laughs> or you could join Team Lindy. Yes, who has had so, so much pressure. Um, nobody's ever joined your team, Adam. So, so to, to put no. it in to put it in perspective, <laughs> uh, by the by the point that a uh, by the point that we started having guests on the first season, Adam had a very commanding lead in the series. Okay, and Adam yeah. is very competitive and what? likes to talk smack a bit, and so mm. I think that might have like okay. Well, I'm going to join Lindy's people. team because Goldilocks <laughs> needs her porridge. Or the line is so. the street continues. Guest joining my team, aka the best team, Martha. We're gonna have a blast. <laughs> is anyone surprised? No, not a soul is surprised at this choice. But that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You've had every guest so far, and I still come out on top, so it's fine. Uh, I'm not that worried about it. I'm only a little bit worried about it because there are a lot of things that Todd can come up with here. Uh, okay, so Todd, it is me versus Martha and Lindy. The score is one to zero currently. What do you have for us today? Well, the game is actually based on something that didn't come up when we were talking about the episode. I forgot to put a note in about it, but during one of the conversations between Rebecca and Paula, oh, it's never Paula came in to say, you know what today is? And Rebecca's like, oh yeah, it's Friday, TGIF. And starts listing off the names of all these TGIF TV shows. So today's quiz is going to be based on the TGIF ABC uh, programming block. And it's I'm going so to be excited. One it's going to be one of our favorites, the word scrambles. So uh, what I will do is I will put a, a word scramble into the chat for everyone to see. And the first person to yell out what TV show <laughs> that word scramble is the name of will get the point. Uh, okay. This is not even going to be close. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even like know these shows at all. This is like so up Lindy's alley. Lindy, how are you feeling? I'm very excited. I'll say that. 
<laughs> Martha, how do you feel? Um, this isn't something I'm super familiar with either. So, but I am notoriously good at word scrambles. I will say that, just like I'm oh. good at spelling. So, <laughs> awesome. Oh, just so you know, Todd's gonna post the word scramble, and if you know, just yell it out. You don't okay. have to check with All me right. first. Just All say right. it. You give me yeah. clues, though. That's how. <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll I'll say it. I'll put in the chat. If someone doesn't get it immediately, I will start to give clues a little bit, so we just don't have dead air. But uh, we'll see see how quickly you guys uh, can get these. So uh, we'll go with four initially, and then if it's tied up, then we'll have a couple more to to do uh, possibly do a tiebreaker. So I will say, Adam, I think you have a better shot at this than you think. I think uh, some of these shows are, are shows that you definitely have heard of. I will I will okay. say that it's like they're not super obscure shows. So I think you have okay. a better shot at being able to do the un, the unscrambling. Than Don't you give think. him too many hints. Yeah. Uh. I haven't seen them, so any of the hints about the shows themselves are going to be totally useless. It's all an act. This is just yeah. an act. I don't know. Adam, Adam is a baby, so... I, I'm too I, young, Todd. I'm, I mean, literally. I, oh, okay. you meant, like, he's young. I thought you were calling yeah. him, like, he's <laughs> acting like a baby. That was no, the, no. the pre-game trash talk from the person putting on the quiz. Uh, no, I was, I, was, I was doing the usual just thing. A baby. Yeah, I, I think the usual thing, like, Adam, you know, the fact that I am almost twice Adam's age is the thing I was going for, not, not mm-hmm. the actual mm-hmm. there. So, anyway, all right, so our first one is... Prancers get Fritz. Prancers get Fritz is our first clue. And this show was one of the earliest TGIF shows. It's a show that has played a large part in a very popular uh, TV series. Perfect Strangers? Perfect Strangers is indeed... (laughs) Never net. seen my an dad. episode. So Only ever heard my, it from Renat. Internet, my, my internet was glitching. My internet oh, no. was glitching and I didn't hear the hints. So <laughs> that was mainly my problem here. If it helps, oh, no. the hints did nothing. For me, yeah. I don't know about for you. <laughs> like I said, I figured, you know, there's a chance that you would actually have, have heard, heard of some of the shows. So. Adam Thank got you, Renat. Thank you, yeah, Renat. Yeah, the, the Renat clues will be the last one of the last clues I gave. Because if since I said Renat, then it would have been given it given it to you. So, oh my goodness. Okay, what you have four of these like usual time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One to so, zero. All right, Martha, we, right we got this. We got this. Oh my now, gosh. This yeah, is ho- so hopefully everyone's internet uh, stays fine. So <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. As uh, so the next the next one I'm doing uh it's not copying for some reason. There we go. All right. Next one is somberly toad. Somberly, boy meets world. Boy meets world is indeed. Yeah, well done. I I didn't have to get to the Jess Sterling podcast clue, uh, because I figured that would be the one that gave (laughs) that one away. I think we had a like Corey and Topanga word in one of the season one games, and I was like, shout out to Jess Sterling. (laughs) Yes, we did. Uh, Past uh, and future guest of the pod. Yes. Hi, Jess. No. One to one. It's all one to one. tied up. Next one, Flattery Mains. Family Matters. Family Matters He's is good. indeed. This is not going well. <laughs> uh, two to one. 
Two to the one. final one. Linda yeah. gets At least you've wins. gotten one. I'm just sitting here like, well, okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, it happens. Yeah, we, we did have an episode where the, the guest got all of the word scrambles and they didn't get any of them, but she won the game anyway because of that. So Yes, that was awesome. Yeah. He got he won the game for me. I had no answers. <laughs> nice. Oh, great. This is That's like, fine. I just don't know any like shows from this era, so. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the next one is... Heft June Stout. Step by step. No. No. <laughs> you're just you're just guessing June random stouts. shows that, that fit. Oh my gosh. All right, so Heft June Stouts. This one is maybe a little bit more obscure. Oh, it wait. was a spin-off of another uh, Jefferson's. Nice. No. I was gonna say the Jetsons, but there's an F yeah. there. So the just the ten of us. Just, just the in ten time. of us. Oh, just the ten of us. That's a show. That's a that show. Was a show. I'm just yeah. on scrambling letters. Just the ten of us. What? Just the ten of us. You gotta use a... the J somewhere. Yeah. It was a spinoff of Growing Pains, as a matter of fact. Uh, the the coach from Growing Pains. It was him and his wife and their eight daughters, I believe. They had eight kids, so it was just the ten of us. Uh, so yeah. Alrighty. You listen to I enough older people talk about TV. There's a lot of this here. We tie a lot. Yeah. So I have a. So I have one. I have I really do another one, and whoever gets this one is going to be the one who wins the game. It better so. not be the one that Lindy was like basically already out of her mouth. I'm not saying anything else. Said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one more word scramble to end it off. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Last one is use of whole. Full house. Use. Oh, nice. Full house. Because Full up until I, because the other one I was going to do was going to be best best pet spy, which of course is step, step by step. By step. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I had another one because I wasn't going to do full the full house with that. Like, well, that one's going to be way too easy. But I had it just in case, and then like you still don't step by step immediately. I'm like, oh man, if I if I put that one, that's not going to be good. But well, <laughs> regardless, the score is three to two, and oh, wow. we were a great team. <laughs> <laughs> no, Martha, honestly, the moral support is all I need. Like the guests picking my team just makes me feel so like confident in myself that you really did help. This this was a good um, topic for you. I could tell. I mean, I didn't know when I chose to join your team how good this was going to be for you, but clearly it was a, yeah, a great no one for you. Kidding. Little uh, finger uh, on the scale. We still got time. two points. This is the ping pong episode, what? and we do what? TGIF TV shows for Lindy. I mean, you Adam, know. considering how many times you know we did the crit, so we had Martha. We had a Christmas quiz. I was like, okay, it'll be a Christmas song quiz. It'll be kind of like you know, even and we come onto the the video, and Adam is decked out in Christmas sweaters and Christmas hats, <laughs> and he loves Christmas music and listen to it don't commit to the bit, Todd, always. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, so I just think like there's been lots of times where Adam has has looked into being like the like very well versed. I lost that quiz just for anyone keeping track. I that's lost true, that but quiz. here's the that's thing. True. So, here's the thing, that, Adam. Like this was way closer than it should have been. As Agreed. Lindy, I was it like, I cannot been. lose this because that would be so embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I had a good showing here. You did. You did. It was good. It was three uh, to two. You tied it up. Like I was expecting to get four out here. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's what I feel the, the word scramble I feel is a bit of an equalizer because even if you aren't super familiar with the topic, you can lots of times puzzle out what the words are. 
And so I figured most of these, just the 10 of us was the one I wasn't sure if either one of you were going to be able to get. That was the it wasn't one even because of the show. That was just show. the letters. Yeah. I can't exactly. believe you got that. Yeah. It's not a real exactly. show. But like I said, that's the equalizer is yeah. that, you know, if you don't know it, but you can, you're going to word scrambles and you can maybe logic <laughs> out what it is. So yeah, it was maybe like lean toward Lindy a little bit, but I, I feel like the word scrambles are a little bit easier. A, uh, to to equalize everything, but our, now our, uh, yeah, score is one to one. Our season score is tied up, right back where we were last season. Thank goodness, <laughs> one, because one one. if you get more than one ahead, I'll be so sad. But yeah, so That's all ahead. it takes is one ahead for you. <laughs> because uh, la- last look, last season was rough. Okay, Martha. Like after seven episodes, it was six to one in favor of Adam. Like I, I wanted to give up. I was devastated. Okay. But I think you got to work on your trash right. talk. I think that's the big thing. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure out yeah. the trash talk and then that confidence. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, just having me on your team gave you that confidence boost. You probably were just saying that to stroke my ego. But like, yeah, I think that the confidence is is half the battle here, and you just got to work on the trash talk. I try my best to, you know, <laughs> to make Adam upset. Uh, my yeah, as you my, laugh, you say as you laugh. <laughs> she's like giggling. Yeah, my new goal, I think, of this whole podcast is just to get one guest who wants to be on my team. That's like, that's my full goal of the rest of this podcast. Scrap the show, okay? I just want one guest who wants to be on my team for the game. That's all. Well, well spoiler alert! I think there is a possibility. Oh, any more. How does Todd know this and I don't know? <laughs> I'm just saying there, there's, predict there's, the something, there's something I know that, but, but, but also, Adam, I want to remind you that we did have one guest who was going to go on your team until you said something during the episode that made him decide to swap to the other team. So. <laughs> I can't Adam help has... if, if some people have unfortunate takes. That's all. Adam's terrible takes have sometimes sabotaged. Terrible takes? Yeah. Oh my Actually, goodness. I think we had two. We had two guests who were going to pick Adam. All right, we should get to the final. <laughs> maybe, maybe, we had, maybe you had three guests. Uh, I don't know. I didn't say we it. Should, but... uh, we should get to the final segment of the episode, here where we give out pretzels based on how much we like the songs each week uh, on a scale of one to five. My scores this week are not surprising to absolutely oh anyone. Anyone who knows me knows that I hand out fives like they're candy. All three songs today. Get full five pretzels from me. Admittedly, I don't like them all equally, but I think that in terms of the scale that I'm using, they all get fives. Uh, But we can go one by one. Maybe this dream. Uh, Lindy, how are you on maybe this dream? Well, first I want to say you said this is a scale of one to five, but as your scores have proven, it is a score is a scale from zero to five. Because yeah, sorry, zero to five. Only under one in special circumstances. Uh, there's For a, a Adam's couple, least yeah. favorite songs. Yes um maybe this dream i i love this song i think it's great i am not gonna give it a full five because like i said i reserve that for my just absolute favorites but since this one's so good i'm gonna give it a 4.5 4.5 todd what about you yeah i'm i'm kind of along the same lines as wendy uh lindy i think it's a great wendy. great song <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. What yeah, episode are we on right now? <laughs> okay, I forgive that because I know he he knows my name. It was just a mistake. <laughs> it's when people don't know my name that I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> so I'm on the same page as Lindy. Uh, that it's a, a really good song. I like it a lot, but it's definitely not a five range for me. So I think for me, it's probably going to fall into the the four point seven range. I think is where I'm going to go. Wind with maybe the stream. Okay, Martha, what about you? I'm going to be the lowest of the th- of the four of us here. I'm sorry. I 
I might go to 3.5. I, I just, I, I feel That's like okay. it's, it's the, the style of the song is just not my thing. So I think I, while I love the lyrics, Donald and Champlain, great voice. Um, it's just not really a song that I ever really want to re-listen to, but I, I will give it the 3.5 because I do, I do appreciate the, the great uh, witticism of the lyrics. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Greg's drinking song. Again, a full fire from me, Mark. Let's start with you. How are you on Greg's drinking song? A little higher on i'll give it a four um it's it's uh the production value is great i mean production value on the other one's great too but um yeah i'll give it a four because it's greg it's not my favorite greg song but i still love it uh amazing todd what about you i think i have to give it just a little bit lower than maybe the stream but it's still a great song i'm gonna give it a 4.5 and lindy I also think this is a great song, not quite to the amazing level of a full five, but I'm going to also give this one a 4.5. Uh, okay, and then our final song of the episode, Ping Pong Girl. Of course, I already said I'm at a full five. Lindy, what about you? I love this song so much. I listen to it a lot. Every line is hilarious, so it's getting a full five pretzels from me. A full five pretzels from Lindy. Todd, what about you? It's not going to get a full five from me. I do love oh. it. And so uh, I, I'm going to give it, I think, a 4.8. This is the second time in two episodes Lindy and I have been ready to give full bowls to songs. And Todd has come in and said, nope. Uh, Martha, what about you for Ping Pong Girl? Favorite song of the episode. It's not my favorite song of all time. I'm, I'll go 4.5. 4.5. Uh, okay, that actually puts all three of them uh, pretty high overall in the list of uh, our rankings uh, overall. And then the final thing we do every episode, who made us truly happy? Lindy, I want to start with you. Who made you truly happy this episode? So a lot of people I really enjoyed in this episode. Um, so it wasn't hard to pick someone, but I am going to go with Greg because I just feel like he's grown so much. He's doing so much hard work to like Im improve himself and is being really mature with all his friends and his relationships. And I just like really respect what he's doing. So Greg made me happy. Uh, yeah, I love it. Todd, what about you? So there were like three big contenders for me in this episode and it was Greg because like I said, like his journey in this is so great. It was Heather for being Heather but I, in the end, I have to go with the fact that this is the episode where we finally got fully formed White Josh. And getting to see fully formed, judgmental White Josh for the first time in the series, that made me truly happy. So White Josh gets the nod for me this week. Amazing. Martha, who made you truly happy this episode? Am I allowed to give it to Shao? I know he's not a major character. Sure. But that yes. was definitely yeah, like, when, I saw, when I saw the description Adam of... Adam gave it to a table one. Okay, good, okay, good. to a table one. Yeah, there's no rules Because my two choice... I, I, whenever I do this kind of award, I, I hardly ever give it to main characters. Um, and when I saw Lindy's description, it was like, you the character that makes me most happy. I was deciding between Shao and Guardrail. So um, <laughs> Shao's my pick. Um, he's right. really really good little kid actor, too. Very funny. Love it. Uh, That's a great choice. Uh, amazing. I was between the same three as Todd. I almost picked Heather. I almost picked Heather last week just for the, the foot potato situation. Uh, and then I would Terrible. love to have picked White Josh this week. I just don't know that we quite saw enough of him. And so I have to be uh, in agreement with Lindy here. I do have to pick Greg. Uh, I've, I've said it like a lot this episode, but his growth is like really good to see. And I love like the space that he is coming into and the character that he is becoming. I really love Greg. Um, and so I'm going to give him this point now while I still can't. Uh, and that is who made us truly happy this episode. And that's it. Just a nice, tight, 
two plus hour podcast. Nothing crazy. Uh, but that's the episode, season two, episode two. Anything else you guys have on the episode itself before we get out of here? I just think it was a. I think it was a really good episode. I think yeah. it was a really strong episode of the series, and I think uh, season two is off to a really good start. Yeah, not only in music, but like yeah, I think in character and writing and like story as well. So uh, yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, Martha, it was so good to have you. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. I, um, so excited to be able to talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, even though I did not contribute to the quiz. Um, also fun to compete <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for, for having me, all of you. Uh, this was so great. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week, season two, episode three. But until then, Martha, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? Uh, people want to check out what you're up to. Where can they, where can they go to look? Um, yeah, so like I've said, my, my show um, that I do with my sister is called The Real Weird Sisters. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, we um, right now are covering characters in the series, and then we're doing this Take 5 series with Tim where we're covering five minutes of the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban movie um, per podcast. Uh, so we spend like an hour and a half talking about five minutes of the movie, um, and it's uh, as ridiculous as it sounds. So we have a ton of fun doing that. Um, and we just recently, our, our most recent episode, I don't know when this is coming out, but we, we covered the he was their friend scene in prisoner of azkaban which is an iconic moment um, of harry shouting about Sirius and be- being super over the top dramatic um so we have a lot of fun on that podcast um i'm on twitter at real weird martha um and uh, our twitter for the podcast is at real weird sister so thank you for um having me again yeah amazing uh this was so much fun todd what are you up to where people find you at uh, you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. And other than that, you can just find me in the Poster Recaps Discord, uh, along with Adam and Lindy and lots of other really cool people uh, talking about TV, movies, games, books, apparently posting their Wordle scores, which I need to find that thread now, <laughs> uh, playing lots of Dungeons and Dragons. So if you uh, want to do any of that stuff, then Poster Recaps Patron Discord is a good place for you. Amazing. Lindy, what are you up to? Where can people find you at? Well, first, I wanted to say again, Martha, I'm so excited that you joined us for this. This was so great to have you. And when I found out that you wanted to be on our podcast, I was like, really? Our podcast? Like, yes, please. When? Such an honor. Thank you so much. Like, This was awesome. So thank you. And you can follow me on Twitter at TVLindy, T-V-L-N-D-Y, and at our podcast Twitter. That's one CXG podcast. That's O-N-E-C-X-G podcast. Amazing. I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter at PianomanAdam1. You can also find me on some various things at twitch.tv slash dmphilly. Uh, and then the other thing that you can find me is we just recorded our final episode of Arcane, uh, the podcast. So I'll stop actually talking about it now. But if you haven't seen Arcane yet, you really should. I, I genuinely think it was one of the best shows of 2021, if not potentially the best animated show ever. Um, so we talk about it there, me and Rich talk about all the way through it. You want more hours of Adam talking about TV and even about music. Uh, it's there. Um, but the most important place that you can find me is right here next week on One Indescribable Podcast, where we'll be talking about season two, episode two. And on that episode, episode three, episode three, this was episode two. <laughs> it's actually getting late now. I think I can see it's like actually yeah. getting late now. It's like a whole Monty Python Holy Grail thing. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. Actually, we're doing episode two again. Little do they know. We're just going to run it back. We are going to have a another guest next week. Uh, we're not going to be alone again. We don't. We don't usually have like a ton of guests on here, but we're going to have another guest next week. Todd, who's coming next week? We are having once again the incomparable Austin Smith, who will be coming to talk to us about uh, one of the songs that got him most interested in starting to 
watch the show, which is the whole reason why he's on the episode. So, Amazing. sorry, sorry to cut in. Fun fact: that is not the song I was talking about. Whatever it is, I thought that I was thinking of season or of episode four. So, um, oh, interesting. Just, just a little spoiler. Wow. So yes, I forgot what happened the... in episode three versus four. Yeah. <laughs> season two really uh, starts off strong. Can... Then one, two, three, and four have favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. I wanted to fact check myself there before <laughs> I, I appreciate lost the that. chance. Uh, yeah, but we will be back next week with uh, the guest that came on and totally won the quiz for Lindy last time when he was here. Uh, maybe I'll like pay him beforehand. We can like have kind of an agreement. Uh, we'll see. Oh whatever. my god! He was. Uh, he was no bribery. He, he was, was yeah, going he was. to be with you until you gave him uh, LOB vibes and then he switched. So the whole yeah, it happens. It happens. What can you do, really? You know. Um, but I'm so excited to have Austin back. He was so amazing the first time he was on. Uh, we're incredibly excited to have him back for an episode that I really love in the season that I also really love. So come check us out here next week at Wonder Scrub Podcast. We'll be talking about season two, episode three, with Austin. Until then, bye.